Welcome back for take two. Am I still not Barry? You're good. Okay, thank God. All right. Hey, Gucci. Last week, last week we rerolled the whole thing, and I was still Barry. So we got we got we got to make sure that we're okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Technical Alpha podcast. It is Friday, July fourteenth, twenty seventeen. Despite the fact that I'm still living during July eighth, twenty seventeen, for whatever reason. I'm just struggling this week to keep track of time. Uh, we've got a good show for you lined up here today. We've got Mr. Maximus Black fresh off the presses uh, from the, the strip down uh, down south. Survived yet another trip down there. Did you see Celine? Yeah. I didn't. Ain't fresh, no. man. Coming back from Vegas. Ain't Did fresh. not see Celine. I wanted oh. to again, but none of the boys were having it. None of the boys really? were having it. Not no. one then of the guys solo, were like, man. I could... Oh, that's awful. I'd be salty. I'd be go, I'd be solo. Yeah, I'd go solo, Celine. Yeah, you know, if I didn't see her before, I definitely would have went by myself. But I've already seen her, so I'll probably save it for the next time Kayla's down uh, Vegas with me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Well, we are here. Right. We are good right. to go. What do you got, Panic? What do you? What were you trying to say, bro? No, I got. What do you mean? What was I trying to say? I was saying Jeff. Jeff can't be fresh if he just went to Vegas. We all know what happens. Oh, there. true. Yeah, no. There's definitely can't some dropping, form of AIDS. Can't be dropping false advertising. <laughs> and we got a just fresh buckets, Jeff here. Buckets of 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 ice with champagne and buckets of cocaine next to them. That's like the mm. entire Vegas week. We uh we had uh, fun. We went uh we went to a strip club, obviously. My um, cam is busted. I uh oh, rip. What? Rip your oh. webcam. But How while you're fixing possible? that. Um yeah, we went to we did the strip club. We went to gotcha. uh Sapphires again. That's a it's a decent spot. Um, the boys all spent way too much money. Um, I historically spent uh, the most I've ever spent in the strip club. Really? <laughs> and it was mainly because, I mean, I spent maybe like 240 bucks for myself, but I spent a bunch on the other guys because three of them had never been to a strip club before in their life. So, <laughs> and, you know, they had, you know, we, we get, we so just to paint a picture, I have a, a good... A good uh, member of the fellowship that has been around a long time. He's a poker pro. I won't say his name, but he um, he hooks up. He's my guy. You know, some people go to Vegas and they have a guy in Vegas that you know takes care of them. Well, he takes care of us. So uh, he made a phone call, and the last couple times I went to Vegas, we have um, a limo that picks us up at the hotel, and they take us to the strip club, and they take us. To the back entrance, we get free cover. Um, we just tip. Obviously, we tip the um, the limo driver well. We get free cover. We go in, and when we walk in the back door, there are there's a lineup of girls, and there's six of us, and they're all just lined up waiting for us in the back. And uh, the girls know typically when you show up in the back, you've got money, and so obviously the girls are gonna try and. And you know, pin you down Extra the hard. moment you get in there. The uh, <laughs> the dial goes to eleven. Exactly. Yeah. So we uh, we walk in, and the boys weren't expecting this. I knew it was coming because I've done this before. But the boys, you know, when you go from never being in a strip club before to backdoor entrance in your own VIP area, bottle service, and you've got girls waiting for you, it's it's a it's a bit much. Overwhelming. So we walk in. 
and the girls basically they they have like ten seconds to figure out who they're gonna pounce on. So they all grab one girl grabs me, another girl grabs uh, the other guy uh, or the other guys, and then Matt uh, had two chicks, so a chick on each arm, right? Matt Matt's walking oh in, going, "Oh my god, <laughs> Matt!" Of you know, course. he's like, he's like, "Oh yeah," he's like, "Oh yeah, this is great." And uh, we all go down. They they escort us over to our our VIP area, and we got bottle service. And uh, I don't want to say too much because you know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But let's just say we had a good time, and the boys ended up spending pretty much all their money in the first like hour <laughs> because these girls. Oh my are, God. I'm telling you right now, man. These girls are ruthless. They don't give a it's fuck, the man. They. They want your money, and they're good at getting your money. You know, you're drunk. You've got, like, half-naked girls all over the place. They're sitting on your lap telling you everything you want to hear. It's hard to say no. It's easy for me to say no uh, because I've been there and done that before, and I know what their motives are. And it doesn't matter how strong you go in there. You're going you're gonna to break down. So uh, we ended up staying there for a little while until uh, one of the guys decided uh, he was going to power puke, and and basically that was the show. <laughs> So then we got ends the show right there, and we went, you know, left through the back door. Limo took us back to the hotel, and Bob's your uncle. So we 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 would we did the uh, we did the strip club. We walked the strip. Um, We went to a lot of different casinos because typically what people do when they've never been to Vegas before, they go and they just get a dollar chip from every casino just as a souvenir. Mm -hmm. That way you can say like you know when you look at a chip, you can kind of visualize what the casino looks like and stuff. So we went around collected a bunch of chips. Um, I got a few that I didn't have before, so that was good. Um, did a lot of gambling, um, played uh, played some poker, played cash one day, lost sixty bucks because it was really I only played for maybe an hour, hour and a half. It wasn't very long, so I didn't really have a chance to sit down and and really play. But then I played a tournament on the last day. I had one hundred twenty dollars to my name, uh, and I didn't want. I knew I was going to spend that in a half hour playing craps if I if <laughs> yeah, I ran exactly. bad. So I was like, you know what? I'll play a tournament. I'll get like four hours if I run good. You know, I'll get four hours out of gameplay, and it'll be worth my eighty bucks. You know, you get free drinks and stuff, and just chat and have a good time. And the WSOP was going on. We stayed right at the Rio, so mm. you, I mean, there's poker pros everywhere. So I was like, okay, I'll go play some cards. I ended up just um, playing Hotted really did surprisingly good. well. Um, Hotted did really well. Um, Hotted the streamer. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Did insanely well this time around. Yeah. Um, there's a. I saw a bunch of uh, streamers there. A uh, bunch of different pros, but I ran well. Um, I ended up getting to the final table and top six play uh, paid. We ended up getting to, or we ended up getting to uh, sixth place. And so, to put this in 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 poker terms, the bubble is where you're one person off of getting paid. So, say yeah. if top six pay, seven is the bubble. You're Nobody seven, likes yeah. to go out as number seven because you've no. played for four hours and you get nothing. Um, this was a bounty tournament, so every time you knock somebody out, you get $10. So unless you've knocked a lot of people out, chances are you wasted your time. So we got down to the final seven, and the table agreed that whoever gets knocked out on the bubble, everybody on the table will give them 10 bucks, and that they basically would break even for the tournament. It was an $80 buy-in, so uh, we agreed to do that. Uh, I was... I was uh, starting to get pretty low. I was on fire for a while, and then I went card dead for about a half hour. And the blinds were really high, so things were going quick. The blinds were just eating you? The blinds would just eat you alive. 
So it was like it was like uh, five thousand and ten thousand for the blind, and then there was an ante every time uh, that you had to pay to make sure that uh, you know eventually the game would end. So the, the the hand gets dealt out. There's a a guy to my left. I'm the big blind, so I'm the last one to act. There's a guy to my left. He goes all in, comes all the way back around to my right, who's the small blind. The guy calls, and I had a good hand, so I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna get out. Maybe the dude on my left. We'll get knocked out, and uh, I'll be now in the money. So I just let it go. He flipped each of them flipping over. The guy on my left has got pocket threes, and the guy on my right has got pocket fours. So if the pocket fours wins, which is a very high percentage, you know the the, the other guy's got a two outer. Um, yeah, exactly. Unless yeah. unless the board ran like you know a, a straight or something. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know this is good. The the flop comes up, rag rag rag. And then the turn comes, some random card, and the guy to my left is getting ready to, to just walk away. He sits up. He's like, ah, it was a good run, boys. And boom, oh, he didn't the river. three hits right on the river. Yeah. So the guy on my left doubles up. The dude on my right, who was the chip leader, doubled him up. And now nobody, every, nobody's out and we're still on the bubble. Next hand comes, the oh. very next hand. Uh, I wake up with pocket eights. And now I'm the small <laughs> blind. So... I already lost my big blind last hand. I'm on the small blind. I'm going to be going all in here. It's been a while since I had a hand. I had like 40,000 chips left. The blinds are 5,000, 10,000. I'm getting it in. This this is the best time I'm getting it in. Comes all the way around. Everybody folds. Everybody folds. Comes back to the same dude. Last guy. To the last guy, and he goes all in. I snap <laughs> call. Snap. I have pocket eights. He has pocket nines. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, no A two-outer, I'm dead. Flop comes. Boom, I hit an eight. The guy goes, what the fuck? He gets up, smashes his chair back, and it just runs, runs, runs. I double up. I knock him out. I get the $10 bounty. I give him the $10 bounty because he was the bubble. Everyone gave him 10 bucks. And then after that, because that guy had a bad beat two hands in a row, it was horrible. Like, he was the chip leader, went from chip leader to nothing. Get out. That's brutal. And then, and then oh, it was, it was awful. And then from there, uh, we were down to the final uh, six. It was in the money. I think, like, the minimal was to win was, like, 175 bucks. First place was almost a grand. Um, so we played for a while, and we ended up getting down to the final four. And I am second chip leader. They're the guy who originally went all in and doubled up, he's now the chip leader by a considerable margin. And there's uh, one other guy that's got about half of my chips. And then there's a guy over on my right, uh, a little bit further down on the table, that's like two blinds away from being out. Um, the chip leader goes, hey, guys, how would you like to just chop it four ways? So basically when they say chop it four ways, they take the prize yeah, pool from fourth to first and they split it four ways, and I was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and I was like, okay, are you sure? Because you're the chip leader. Like he could have said, all right, I'll get an extra hundred bucks. You guys chip, you guys chop the rest. Or the guy that has very little yeah, left, yeah. you know, he he gets the least amount. He's like, no, it's all good. I got to go eat. The wife is bugging me. Let's just chop it four ways. So we ended up chopping it four ways. Um, second place was five hundred sixty bucks, and everybody ended up getting five hundred sixty bucks. So it was basically like everybody getting second Damn. place, and then whatever your bounties were at the end of that, uh, you, you got extra. The last four can go for a while. Like, the last, you know, oh, once it starts getting over, it can go, you can keep going for hours. People are just like, you know what? Let's go. Uh, I'm done. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we may yeah. as well, like, even if you fought it for first place, 
you're you're only going to make an extra four hundred bucks, right? So for the sake of yeah. an hour and a half and, and the risk of being put out, yeah. let's just let's just all take five sixty. And it was the big, it was the the chip leaders. Uh, um, suggestion so we were like sure why not so i won 560 bucks the last day which was nice because i was down 725 or 750 for the trip and so i ended up only losing about 200 250 bucks for the whole trip so uh that was good not and then, bad uh, yeah and then uh, jared ended up going to an avengers museum where they show off like a lot of props and things from the movie uh so he did that nobody else is really interested in it um <laughs> yeah, went to a couple of buffets uh, Jared went to uh, the Wicked Spoon Buffet, which apparently is amazing, uh, and we went to a sushi all-you-can-eat buffet that was really good, and I think that's pretty much... Oh, we we did a, we went to a pool party. Uh, that was good. I got, like, heat stroke, so I was sick for a night, <laughs> very salty, and then uh, we went sure to a nightclub Jared and some other crazy Celine shit happened that guys. I won't say. Yeah, yeah. Pretty sure Jared went to yeah. see Celine without, without oh, you Oh, he guys. better not have. He better not have. Yeah, he's sneaking off. Getting that solo Celine action all yeah, day. So, uh, I'm just, it was I'm good, just man. impressed that with the crew of guys that you took down there that nobody <clears throat> came back in a casket. To be completely honest with you, the, the guys that, that you listed off scared the shit Have out of me. I was like, somebody is dead. Yeah, uh, Have we you came actually back. seen I, them, Adam? I've came seen. Back. Actually, no, we haven't. saw one of them on the way on the way home. That's true. One of them on the yeah. way home. We saw them on the highway because you know Halifax has four people in it, so it's kind of hard to yeah. <laughs> to miss people that you know. I I, um, I will say they they all had a blast. I they're all already planning the next obviously the next trip. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of things that they couldn't get done because you know we're there for five days, but when you're in Vegas for people that haven't been there before, you it's it's one of those things that you want to have a it's vague overload. idea. And what you want to what you want to do, but you can't overplan yeah. Vegas because next thing you know, it you're you're gambling or you're at a pool or you're doing something, and three hours goes by and you're like, where the fuck did the time go? And you're, it and it's so big and there's so much to do and you get distracted. Um, th- so obviously there was a few things that they didn't get to do, but we got to do uh quite a bit. They all had a blast, man. They all spent uh pretty much all the money they brought. Um, but man, they had a good time and I was more excited for them because I like to see people experience Vegas for the first time. I like live vicariously through them and then I just show them a good time. So, uh, it was fun. And of course there's a lot of other things that happened that I won't, uh, say, but, um, there was a lot of partying, uh, and, uh, shit got crazy a couple of times, but a fun, good crazy. So it was a good time. Right, well, Mr. And then Max I got, came black. home and I got my car. So it's been good. Mr. Max was black. Yeah. Hit me up with the sound of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> That's an open-ended one. Woo! I'll let you tackle that the way you need to tackle it. Uh, uh, That's my reaction when I see Selena uh, in concert as well. Sensation. To you like her, would you like <laughs> a rub and tug? <laughs> a rub and tug. <laughs> oh, oh God. Very honorable, uh, if you know what I'm very saying. Very honorable. Very honorable. Oh, uh, well, from, from Vegas to video games, uh, we have, I guess you could, here's, here's the segue. We have uh, a prediction. First of all, I'm going to update this topic text since I haven't done that yet. 
There we go. Uh, we've got uh, some predictions being made by some some financial advisors, I guess, is what you would call Mr. Michael Pactor at this point in his career. I don't. Uh, he's an analyst. He's not really. He's an, an advisor. He's an, well, he's an analyst, but he does. I know he he manages some portfolios for a handful of people. Yeah. Anyway, Michael Pactor's been around the block for a long time in the video game sector. In fact, he deals. Almost entirely as an analyst within the video game sector at Webb Bush Mar- Morgan, an, to my understanding. Webb Bush Securities. Yeah, he's an yeah. asshole, but he generally knows what he's talking about. So did I just mash up two different things saying Webb Bush Morgan? Did yes, I just you managed did. to pull that up. Yeah, you did. I might have yeah, gotten about like two and a half hours of sleep, so I apologize for just massacring You're on two my totally level. different. Yeah. Uh, two totally different company names there. But yes, Wedbush Securities. So he's been around. He actually had his own show on game trailers for years. Uh, call, uh, like I don't know if they called it Pack Attack Pack or Attack. what the fuck it was. Yeah, so they, they basically, it was him making all these, you know, um, he was analyzing and shit. And he was literally famous for never being right. Like ever. Like just the worst analyst so to have like ever fucking. So he's guy. Walk you know, the you know that was, Kramer guy um, in the financial he, sector he, who's got that show? Yes. He's not good at predicting, <laughs> but he was good at, like, calling when certain things would happen. Did he have a bunch of sound of good... bites? Did he, like, put sound nah. bites? He's like, uh, bam, bam, no, bam, bam. No, no, no. He was, this, this was, he this was, like, the most white person on the planet. They just stuck him in front of a camera, and he knew, like, he didn't really play all that many games, but he just made predictions and like it's it's funny because people were like, "Can I just have his job?" Because this dude's pulling down <laughs> huge amounts of money, and he was just sitting there talking at his ass. For example, these PS5 predictions are some of the most hilarious fucking predictions I've read in a long time. Uh, let me let me. Uh, I mean, you guys already probably have this article up in front of you uh, as uh, as we speak, but. Um, Mr. Michael Pactor goes, all right, so here's the thing. Somebody came out a while ago, another analyst, his last name Tong, I think, uh, said, yeah, we got a PS5 probably en route for the second half of 2018. Great. That's maybe a bit early. I think he might have been on some good shit. But then Michael Pactor was like, wait, hold my beer. I've been on the devil's lettuce for the last fucking 72 hours straight, and I might have done a bumper three. I'm going to say it comes out in, in 2019, and on top of that, I'm going to say that it's, it's a shot that it's going to aim for 240 frames a second. I saw that number, and I was just like, "Okay, I'll, I'm with you on the 2019, <laughs> but what the fuck are you talking about the, on the other the number? Year, like, the you, year is definitely there? sensible, but whatever he took that morning before he said, you know, maybe they shoot for 240 frames... Must have been fantastic, whatever the hell that was. Because you know what? holy shit, you know what? You I, I know what happened. I know what happened. All right. He looked at it. He's like 1080p, right? Yeah. You go to 4K, right? That's what four times 1080p. 60 right? times four. So if you go 60 times four, <laughs> it's got to be 4K, <laughs> 240 FPS. This shit makes sense. Call it in. Bye now. This is your time. Buy now. Sony stock. Let's go. Um, I mean, okay, so... The sad again, part is people are going to buy Sony stock because he said that. That's, that's the Please fucking don't. scary part. There, there are people, old people They're that know nothing about it. Don't. 
<laughs> Don't. Do not do it. 2019 is a sensible year. I could agree with 2019 likely being the year we see the next PlayStation because of the pros release and the time it's going to take them to put this you know, next console together. And give people enough time so that they don't feel like Sony is is just having a knee-jerk reaction to Microsoft's release of their console as well. Um, but the rest of what he's talking about, I mean, he's talking about, I mean, okay, let me, let me give him some shine here. From an analyst perspective, he was at least wise enough to equate the odds of this happening in 2019 by the amount of saturation in the US and, and European markets for 4K televisions. He, it is projected that by that year, 50% of households in America will have a 4K TV and 30, 35% in, in Europe. So at that point, it would make sense to, to do it from that perspective. So I'll, I'll give him some they, props for at least they doing that. They just launched the Pro. Sony's not good. Sony just launched the Pro. They're sitting They're like, even though, yeah, Xbox might be better on the spec wise, the Pro is going to be perfectly serviceable for at least another two years. So Sony's not going to go and rush to market some other hardware. They're just going to sit on it for a bit. I think they. I think they might, man. I think they might. Uh, it, it depends. They they get, they're going to have to try feasible. and steal some light from Xbox. It, it, I think Xbox is going to do really well. And, Sony's got the games. And uh, it. I you know I shouldn't say it doesn't matter because it does matter. But uh, I I think that this is such a leap, and Xbox shit the bed so bad with the one that I feel like people are going to buy the Xbox with or without the games. I think people are going to, as long as they don't do anything catastrophic, they're going to do something. Um, they're going to, it's going to do well. I think Sony has to at least at the very least announce their console, um, and give some kind of, uh, um, announcement on what, what it's going to entail so that people feel as though, well, the pro exactly what you said, the pro is fine. And it's serviceable, and there's a lot they can do with it that they haven't done with it yet. As long as they're being told that something equivalent to the Xbox is coming out or better, they'll hold their money off and they'll wait because of the games. Uh, but if they do don't come feel, out with it... How do you guys feel about a price cut on the Pro? Because I feel like that's something Sony might do in 2018 instead of necessarily announcing. Because Sony tends to not announce super early comparatively from what I've seen. So they might yeah. do. I, I feel like they might do like a price cut on the pro in twenty eighteen, and then just sit on it for a little bit. They might. What do you they think might. on that one, Adam? You look like you're confused or concerned. Well, I'm just concerned about Michael Pactor's mental health. To be completely honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he's uh, demonstrated his math skills. All right, so you know we has, can give him credit for that. He can do his basic multiplication tables. No, I I shouldn't say that. Pactor's obviously held his job for a long time for a reason, but the the uh i don't i think this is the bigger thing here the bigger thing here is that we're we are possibly depending on the release of whenever the ps5 shows up we're entering a time of uh, the for the first time where the two biggest players in in this section of the console you know nintendo doesn't exist we don't have to talk about nintendo because nintendo doesn't go head to head with these two it's it's pc ps4 xbox and nintendo is overdoing their own thing so we're entering an era for the first time where it's quite possible that we are on totally different cadences between the two companies and we won't be seeing um, these consoles release maybe even within a year window of each other. So we're going to have this weird period where for maybe a year and a half to two years, maybe like even a shade longer. 
well, that uh, yeah, and that but Dreamcast was a like the dream- weird bastard child cadence. thing. Yeah. Um but uh, where Xbox releases the Scorpio and the Scorpio is demonstrably better than the PS4 Pro in just about every conceivable way. But it's also a half a half to three quarter step basically of the of the Xbox One, where they have to they still have to honor the people that have bought Xbox Ones because it hasn't been that long since the Xbox One uh, was released. Same happened with PS4, PS4 Pro. So these consoles, the PS5, whatever you want to call it, the Xbox One X, uh, are really still not full you know new cycles they're like half cycles because if you think about it we went from ps yeah i mean think about ps3 to ps4 that was that was a double the old school cycle remember back when we were growing up every four years like clockwork there were a new there were new consoles coming out then we hit the the you know financial crisis shit where everybody in america decided to buy a mansion and then the rest of the world got (laughs) fucked and uh and Shouldn't then laugh, we we, we then you we all did it too man y'all did it too hey all i'm gonna say is that us canadians up here just kept drinking maple syrup and we were perfectly fucking fine it was all fucking dandy up here with our three banks instead of three thousand but the the uh the so what happened was then we got a double cycle the ps3 to ps4 was like an eight year seven eight year period and now we're getting well, into the into up- the era where it's well before you jump they, they're into like that, every um, two and a half years they're coming out with this half step thing but the finalize my thought like what i was the entire point of this was we're going to get to a weird spot where xbox has the most powerful then the playstation has the most powerful and it's back and forth instead of them both releasing at the same time mm-hmm. and being like oh my dick's bigger than yours <laughs> i hit her cervix <laughs> you didn't and then like that's basically the show it's no longer a marketing thing back and forth it's going to be no ours is literally a thousand times better than yours and then two years later haha get fucked here we are at the party so so that's what i'm interested in more than anything else well the reasoning behind the original one (laughs) (laughs) the reasoning behind microsoft and sony doing that whole eight-year cycle was they were getting sick of developing hardware over and over again and then having to beat the crap out of each other and then somewhere in the middle, they all they both just hopped on AMD's dick. Was, let's be real here. AMD's the one with a big dick here um, for consoles. Well, for now, yes, for sure. Well, Especially for in the now, console market. For the next console, yeah. And, and even with all the other stuff, you know, AMD's doing pretty well in the console space. So now it's the same tech for both of them, and I think they both kind of realized that. And they ended up just like Microsoft and Sony just end up in this game of one-upsmanship. And that's what they're doing. Um, uh, I, I still I think they're going to end think, up in two to four years. I just think it's the times have changed. I just think this is the, yeah, the, they're gonna the progressive way of the world. Um, get shit out as fast as possible. I mean, you know, I'm the type of guy that'll buy a new iPhone every two years and I will buy it out. I mean, if people want to spend a thousand dollars every year on a phone and they do it every year there's millions who's of people that gonna, do it who is not going to spend 500 who bucks gives on a, a shit about spending 500 dollars on a console i think uh, th- this is just the way the world is working now um it's an instant gratification it's a it's a who's got the better shit all the time and um, with both of them not going towards this proprietary stuff like cell processors and random architectures they're both on a standardized architecture that makes it super easy for developers to make the games 
they're just going to keep incrementally updating the hardware. Mm-hmm. You know, it, they can keep mm-hmm. getting money from the hardware sales and the markup without actually mm-hmm. having to do a ridiculous amount of work. You know, yep. throw in more memory, throw in a faster processor, maybe do a little bit of quirky. Yep. You know, good to go. Oh, interesting. Well, we'll have to see where that uh, where that where that goes. Yeah, I mean that's 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 definitely like if rumor. I mean, it's not. They're not even rumors. They're predictions. No, it's just speculation. Right? It's that's it's it speculation. Is. Uh, the earliest we'd hear about this would be next E3, earliest, yep. um, and I don't even think it'll be that. It'll it'll probably be some obscure place where Sony's like, "Hey, like GDC or some shit." Like, yeah, we've got hardware, and then that's all they're gonna you know they're gonna say. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and we'll wait and see what comes uh, comes out of that. Um, I think honestly. For me, though, the fact that they're even still making consoles beyond this generation, where I remember five years ago, people were like, this is the last generation before we go entirely into the cloud. Well, surprise, motherfucker, we're still here, and we're probably still going to be here for a good long time yet. So um, it is good for you know to, to see that, because really, I... I just like still buying shit like that. I don't want to stream my games <laughs> from the fucking cloud because it looks like ass. You want to rely on your internet <laughs> connection for that garbage. Yeah, we're we're a good 50 years away from North America being wired with fiber and getting like $5 an hour. Unless, of course, again, thanks to America, they fucked that whole friggin' shit through the roof again with their old government not being uh, uh, able to keep own their dick network. into the cookie jar. Holy shit. That's unbelievable, uh, but I can I got I have to not talk. About, I'm actually surprised we're not talking about that today. Um, the fact that for the like fourth time in five years, America's government is trying to single handedly fuck over. I feel uh, like the we internet. didn't want the podcast to go there. Probably <laughs> like a good that, idea. I, I, I saw that topic and I was like, let's not put that on the list. Oh, I get I get I get right this fired will, this up. This will turn into Adam bashing America. Mm. <laughs> so um, like, it's, like my, topics, it's like my pastime. <laughs> speaking of topics, I feel like we should hit the third topic before we hit the second one because we kind of already touched on it. Uh, that was my plan. Run on the third topic. Yep, sweet. That was my plan. So uh, just to to wrap up that hardware segment, we finally got prices for AMD's Threadripper. That finally happened, and we got SKUs. We got we got to see. How many models were were going to exist, uh, and the prices? And uh, lo and behold, I should go to Vegas because I fucking smashed this shit out of the park and guessed everything. Good job, Adam. High five. Now, if only you, you could monetize those skills in some usable. Fashion. I know. If if only yeah. If there was only a way in which I could like sit around and speculate on on hardware for a living. Uh, no, it, it's, it looks good. Oh, and we also talked about Ryzen 3, but nobody gives a fuck about Ryzen 3. I think it's useless. No one cares about Ryzen 3. Um, no, nobody gives a fuck. The, so basically the, the biggest part of this story is that the highest end Threadripper is 16 cores, 32 threads, which is absolutely monstrous. And, and pound for pound, it's the, on par with Intel or more than and that. And at the price core. point, at the price point. It goes head to head with the um, what is it the seven 
what what's the what's the naming convention like for Intel shit right now? Fifty X or some ridiculous. 70, I don't even some, know the numbers. I don't even know anymore. Intel's gotten weird with it. Uh, but they uh they just released theirs not long ago, and it's ten cores, twenty threads, for a thousand bucks. Ryzen comes out and says, "Suck on these nuts." Thirty-two threads for a thousand bucks. Drop the mic and walk um, away. <laughs> the reason why the Threadripper stuff is more interesting than the Intel stuff is um, they demoed the performance compared to the equal Intel part. And now for like streamers, content producers, workstation people, um, it's finally gotten to the point where you can do like dual PC or whatever stuff on a single computer. Um, it's there's a ridiculous amount. Like, it's a ridiculous amount of processing power. Like any mm-hmm. dual PC streaming setup right now could run on a single Threadripper, um, and not just like a. And not, and we're well not talking and have headroom. Yeah, like we're not talking like a little bitch stream. We're not talking like oh, I'm going to play Overwatch and stream at 720p 60. We're talking like you're doing 1080p 60 with the most absurd amount of encoding power. Throw. 24 threads at it and still have eight threads left over for your operating system Run and Overwatch video games on like like <laughs> everything it, it's i was looking at the numbers and the it's motherboards nuts. are you can probably put the machine together for about two thousand dollars with mm. the motherboard and that and it would run pretty well so i feel like amd is in for an interesting next year or two because intel completely got caught with their pants down and you know, oh yeah, people. Have I not think the been biggest so, I mean, well to Intel's it, pricing. I mean, let's let me let me just bring this back down a little bit more and put this and 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 maybe ignore the the fact other than the fact that it costs way less than Intel and does just as fine a job, and in some cases better. We're gonna ignore all of that. Here's the thing that Intel gets wrecked on. If somebody like Jeff, who knows a little bit about computers, he's not a guy that's like. He's not necessarily the dude that goes to Best Buy and buys a fucking PC off the shelf. He knows more than more than that. He can he knows enough that he at the very least he could go and if he needed to put together a list of computer parts that would go together like Lego and work at the end of the day. Um Jeff represents a really massive market of people uh right now because it's becoming more and more common for people to build their own PCs and less and less common for them to buy, buy these pre-made ones. Intel's current offerings in this prosumer end, even for the people that would be buying those who are generally more knowledgeable, it is the single biggest clusterfuck I have ever seen in my entire life for what uh for for what performance and what features the motherboards will actually provide you based on the CPU that you plug into it. It is absolutely fucking atrocious. You either get some of the performance or or some of the features, not all the features. Uh, On this one, you might get A and B, but on this one, you get C, but you don't get B and A. But if you plug this one in and you have this other, if you plug this key in, all of a sudden you get RAID, like it's back in fucking 2001 or some shit. Like, it's this, it's this, let me put it this way. I consider myself a relatively competent PC builder. I can, I can make shit work pretty well. I'm not like some sort of savant. I'm not fucking Linus tech tips or some shit. I, I don't want to go anywhere near Intel's current fucking offering because I'm pretty sure I'd fuck it up. Like it's, it's a complete Well, that's one of the other problems with it. Um, it's all, it's about bandwidth on 
the board. Intel actually is running low. AM, even the current AMD stuff is low. So, like, if you start plugging in capture cards, webcams, and, you know, USB card, any of that stuff, you start running low on the amount of lanes you have. Um, yeah. Intel, I think, caps out at, what, 44? Threadripper's coming in with 64. So you can literally have everything in one computer, and it would all run, and it would all get full bandwidth, and it would be, like, ridiculous. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I, like, all this talk, it, it's great. But at the end of the day, I am that guy that'll go and just buy a computer. And I'll make it work for what I need. <laughs> all these numbers and all these extra threads and all this other shit, it's all overkill. All of it. Every single bit of it. It's all overkill. You go ahead and you go ahead and you buy yourself a high end, a mid to high end CPU from Intel. Go ahead and buy yourself a ten eighty TI if you really want to get crazy. You go and buy yourself a couple sticks of RAM. Get yourself Windows anything but ten. And you put yourself a little one terabyte fucking SSD in there, and you're off to the races. You can but stream, you're not. but you are. But, but you you're are. not. I, I the have exact one. scenario. The the I'm exact scenario. You're using one pre-built by a company. <laughs> yes, and you also have built me three computers over the years yes. that have all yeah. basically been verbatim what I just said. Yeah, but this is the difference. This is to see this what you're describing right now this is, is exactly now. this is exactly what I'm talking about. So if you went and did that right now, I'm guaranteeing you in like 4 months time when you're into it and you're starting to plug shit into your computer and run all your stuff off of it and all of a sudden shit doesn't quite work right, it's because you bought just a mid-range Intel and you just fucking slap it into that motherboard. You fucking grab your 1080 by the fucking balls and you put it on there and you dangle an LED light off of it. And then you know what happens? You don't have enough fucking lanes. You don't have enough. You don't have a fuck or you have like your SATA port plugged in the wrong one because with this chip on that board, these SATA ports don't do the fucking right things. And you're fucking it. You need a fucking like Encyclopedia Britannica to be able to put together the knowledge to put together a mid-range Intel build with these this new line that's out. So what you just said is exactly the fucking problem with Intel's current offering. Above the fact that it costs hundreds of dollars more for the exact same performance as AMD, beyond the fact that you have more cores, more all these fancy numbers that, that apparently don't matter until you're actually using the computer and shit just doesn't work, is the fact that you can't do that. You have to just read 50 times more shit to make it work. However, the nice thing is, uh, for AMD on top of that, was it, was it Alienware that locked them in? Who was it that locked AMD in with their, with their new shit for their, all of their pre-builds? Somebody did that uh, with AMD I think stuff. It was a. It might have been Alienware. I haven't read about so, that one yet. Uh, even Alienware, who has been riding Intel's bird for the last however many years, has now hopped on the AMD train. Um. So yeah, that's that's the scariest part about Intel's current offering. Next year will be different because they won't be just whatever this is. It'll be their next. I'm just happy this competition back. I'm just so happy that Intel actually has to use more than three fucking cells of their brain now to release uh, things. And maybe, maybe consider taking the cost dial and just bringing it back just a bit. Just a little bit. Because the fact that you can put a 10 core versus a 16 core 
at the same speeds, basically, slightly faster speeds, but the, the real-world performance is, for all intents and purposes, identical, and one costs exactly the same as the other, that's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. So I'm, I'm, I'm all thumbs up. But we won't talk any longer about that, because Jeff's going to fall asleep here momentarily. Yep. Let's talk about esports. <laughs> is esports okay? We're going we're to get you back on esports? Hey, no, I was fine. I just said my two-piece and you shot it down oh, like yeah. it meant nothing. So I'm going to let you, <laughs> no, it's not, I'm gonna let no, you it's not Linus that, Tech tip your way through this. And I'll just no, no, nod no, my head. I'm sh- it's not that I'm like, shooting okay, it down. Sure. It was just, the, it was just that was, the, that was the, the exact point about Intel's current problem that, the, that they have. But Overwatch League, that's the thing that is now you back hear in the, the news. It's a pretty big deal. Uh, what for the Overwatch League? I'll let you take this because you probably yeah. followed this way closer than I did. So you go right ahead. Yeah. So literally about two or three days before this announcement came out, everyone was literally screaming that Overwatch is dead. It's dead on arrival. And then this announcement comes along, and everyone's like, "Long live Overwatch! Overwatch is amazing. <laughs> this is gonna be awesome." Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm mainly asking if Jeff heard about it because he was traveling and all this other stuff. He's had a pretty busy week, so. Pretty much what happened was Blizzard came out and said, we are going to list the seven owners and the seven franchises that are going to launch the initial league. Um, you know, pretty much this, the city-based franchises, which is new for esports. They have not had city-based franchises ever in an esport. So this is going to be the first one. And I believe the cities offhand are Boston, which mm-hmm. is going to be New England, mm-hmm. New York, Los Angeles, Surprise. Miami, mm-hmm. San Francisco, and then they went foreign with Shanghai and Seoul. Mm. Now, they might you might think, okay, whatever, but then they started listing off the owners of these franchises. They have Robert Kraft owns New England Patriots. Jeff Wilpon owns the Mets. Then they've got the guy who currently owns the Immortals. Um, I think it's Noah Winston or something. Um, then it's... Um, Misfits Gaming runs Miami. Um, they're a pretty big, popular esports franchise. Andy yep. Miller, um, he runs Energy Esports right now, and they're doing pretty well out in San Francisco. And then they've got two companies um, out in the east, um, NetEase, which is a huge provider in Shanghai, China, mm-hmm. servicing, and then Kevin Chu, who runs uh, Kabam, which is a huge uh, thing in, outside in Korea in the whole esports scene. So those are the first seven franchises, and apparently everyone's like going nuts that they were able to source. You know, these are big names, and these are like major cities that have bought in on the whole franchise system. Um, and that's the starting point. They said they're already looking into onboarding a couple other cities, but they're going to wait until the next year or two to get those going. But I was surprised. So um, that includes um, they include details on like the whole revenue sharing. So pretty much um, each. Um, each team gets they own their rights and revenues for their area up to a certain threshold and then after that it goes into a shared pool which everyone splits evenly so um, it's they're going they're going pretty pretty deep in how they're going to run the franchise so I'm curious you know when they're actually going to start running the events they haven't quite said when that's all starting up um, but they said it's coming soon interesting yeah yeah, no, it's, um, it's, I, I think it's, I think it's, I don't think this is any different than, than I think a lot of people imagined what this would turn out to be, uh, given what they had talked about before. 
I think this is the the right way to do it. If you're going to go big, um, then then it is basically they're modeling themselves after you know current franchise sports. sports. Yeah. So um, they've instantly you know, brought in like a basic fan base because you know like I, I think I was seeing the running jokes out there. You know, it's like the guy from Philly. He's like, you know what? I already know for a fact that the Boston team friggin' sucks. But you know what? I don't have a Philly <laughs> team yet, so I guess I'm going to have to root for the New York team because, you know, Boston really sucks. And they've instantly built that, like, story that kind of esports has been missing where you already have those regional, like, well, that's biases what they think. coming in. That's, that's, yeah. that's their hope. That's what they think. I think yeah. that's not going to be the what case at all. I, I think you it's, don't think so? I think it's... I think they're trying to model something that it just doesn't work in the space. Um, I, you know, having these big names. I mean, of course, you're going to have big names there. It's a twenty million dollar buy-in, minimum. That's the rumor. I mean, who else are you going to put up there? There's not. There's not many other names out there that are going to have twenty million dollars to go and throw at at this league that is just a concept. I mean, this money to the, the twenty million dollars to these people is just like opportunity that's it just some angel investor that is like you know what here's 20 million dollars some young cat got into a room and explained to them how this is going to turn you know a billion dollars for them over the next 20 years and they're saying you know what fuck it it's 20 million dollars let's go for it i mean that's cool i mean it's great that these big names are getting behind this but at the end of the day they still have to run a league it still has to be coherent it still has to work the games still have to be good Blizzard still has to step up and do their part. There's a lot of variables there. I'm happy though that we're that we've got to start. They've got some money. Um, that's great. It sucks that it's for Overwatch because I don't really care about Overwatch all that much. But it's good for I can esports. Agree with that part. So I can't I can't complain all that much. You know, I, I would have been more excited if this was something for Dota or League of Legends or Rocket League or something like that where. Um, it's a game that just interests me more, and I think that there's more promise to it. Even Counter-Strike, although there, it already has a massive league, and that's great. But to have names like this and, and have a big potential storyline and state wars and, you know, whatever. Um, sure, I, it's cool, but it's just the first piece to a huge pile that kind of all has to work. Or it's just going to be a lot of wasted money. I'm hoping the structure works because they've put a lot of detail into, especially for the investors, kind of explaining to them how they can get their money back over time. Like um, just from the basic stuff that they publicize, it talks about like licensing and merchandising, you know, of all those rights, what rights the franchises can sell in their local region. So they get all this stuff and they're like trying to get. Because that's a lot of the stuff that the investors care about, and that's the problem esports has had. Everyone's been kind of just like been doing it in some random. Ha- I'm, I don't even want to call it semi-professional because it doesn't even border on that for a lot of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I appreciate that Blizzard kind of took a step back and said, "We kind of suck at this. Let's take a new yeah. tact at it." They got some new people, um, and they're going the League of Legends route. They're going league. Yeah, they're trying they're to. Trying they're to, trying they're to, trying to trying legitimize this and make this a, a sport. And in a way, they are legitimizing this even more so than League of Legends is, because League of, league of Legends just kind of runs the whole show. Uh, Blizzard is giving a little bit more freedom here, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. League of Legends has the number. They have the infrastructure. It works. It's exciting to watch. I've heard so many people say that watching Overwatch professionally is not that great. 
Um, and I also it's a feel like to watch. there is there's a bunch. Okay, so for example, League of Legends, they dominate the MOBA scene. They just dominate it. Uh, Counter Strike dominates the uh, FPS scene. Uh, Overwatch is like this in the middle MOBA brawler type thing, or what I don't know what they call this hybrid. Um, I actually feel like Overwatch is such a mediocre game that Overwatch kind of needs to watch themselves because all I think it's going to take is the right Overwatch clone to come out and fuck Overwatch. It don't matter how good of a MOBA (laughs) comes out. League of Legends, Dota, they're going to have their fan base. It's diehard. They're locked in. The games are great. The tournaments are great. I feel like if just one game, this is like this is that that one genre right now that's still up for grabs. Sure, Overwatch owns it, and they're doing great, and I they own it because they threw money at it like a motherfucker. They just throwing this, just shoving it down your throat. I couldn't go to an event without seeing Overwatch stickers on a Lamborghini with three hot chicks dressed up as cosplay, <laughs> telling you to come in and take a picture. I mean, they it is everywhere. I was in New York; they had the shit plastered all over the place, almost as much as that WildStar game that came out that failed horribly. Oh so you know, Overwatch bought their their way in. The thing is, money will only take you so far, and I feel as though, and I could, I might be the only one. And you guys can, uh, you know, tell me how you feel, but I feel like. Overwatch is one bad game or one good game that comes out out of left field that copies the formula Overwatch has. That's just a better fucking game, and they need to watch themselves. So it, I think it's a huge risk what they're doing, but I think it's a risk that is necessary. I like the fact that they're doing it because if they wait too long, then you know maybe Overwatch never really picks up. Sure, there's 30 million people playing it, but the amount of people that are playing the game to how many were watching it I mean, it, it's not even it's 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 it blows your mind that it isn't bigger than what it is. I I agree with you there. Like Overwatch is a game. I love the game. I love playing it. I've tried watching it. It physically hurts me. Yeah. Um. I feel like if Blizzard again, Blizzard's throwing a lot of money at it. I feel like they need to you know they need to keep plowing forward with whatever they're doing here. Um. I like everything I heard about the announcement, but they need to development wise take a step back from like releasing new content and they need to be like all right um we definitely need better tools to make it easier to watch we need ways to make it so that you know it's easier to follow for the viewers because it's chaos when you watch those tournaments you know everything's running around like they need to actually like sit down and be like how do we make this game consumable for someone like if you look at dota they like um for the Vive, they have this client that you can literally go, it's like puts you into a room. You have a giant, like full on, like floor to ceiling version of the game going on in front of you. And then you can literally look at all the individual heroes on each team and you can see statuses of them and you can like click around and you can like interact with it that way. They came up and they they looked at different ways you can do it. So, you know. It's a cool way to interact. The Dota client gives you tons of ways to like interact and figure out how to watch the game. And you can watch the games kind of on your terms. Um, with Overwatch, the spectator tools are trash right now. The overlays in-game that you have, you know, have to be all done kind of outside of the game and kind of synced up. And it's all messy, you know. So they need to make it easier to produce and they need to make it easier to actually put on a production that doesn't suck where you have to have like seven observers yeah. watching what's going on. Yeah. You know, so... That's what they need to focus on at this point. 
I we'll think. see. They they've got a shot. I mean, I believe, but I don't know. What do you think, Adam? I want them. I want Blizzard to succeed. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's all fine and good. I mean, I so I like the structure because I think the structure is what needs to happen to make esports work in North America. I will ignore other places in the world. I think in North America, this is the structure that needs to happen for anything to work because this is what will get people to buy in to esports as large companies and investors, you know, do here. Um I think that I think that it gives the best chance at turning revenue uh over versus other traditional models because it it provides a place like stadium play and everything where you're selling tickets and you're selling merchandise and you're treating it like another sport that kind of revenue is is going to outpace sponsorship and and just game sale all day every day so long as you have the fans behind it i think Mm -hmm. the the i don't want to discount overwatch for its 30 million players but just because you have 30 million players does not mean that you immediately have a viable esport that should be the first one tackling the job of transitioning from the traditional uh methods of of producing esports into this long-term model of esports because the game hasn't really been out that fucking long Mm -hmm. uh and it shows from an esports perspective like you guys were saying in that it is incredibly either boring to watch or difficult to watch and it might be that one influences the other in terms of why (laughs) so you get a very difficult game to watch that ends up being boring because half the time it's not that you wouldn't be able to understand it's a freaking shooter People get yep. shot, they die. People have shields, they block bullets. This is not really particularly complex shit, it's but it's chaos to watch. It's on. not it's rocket chaos. Cars. Yeah. And the, and and somebody might say, "Well, hold on now. League of Legends is complete fucking chaos when a team fight happens." And they're not wrong. It is absolute chaos. The difference being is that as a MOBA, it has the distinct advantage of the game playing and viewing from the exact same angle. You're getting the isometric top-down view. Yep. And so from that blown-out view, while it might be chaotic, you have a damn slight better chance of understanding or picking out things that are happening than you're if you are down on first-person view or even in a first-person game sitting up on a building camera somewhere, it doesn't give you the right distance to be able to really see things. And then for a first-person shooter to zoom all the way out, it's hard to see when somebody does something really fucking cool. So there's a lot of extra shit that you have to be able to do in production for Overwatch to make it consumable and also just uh, fun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't mean, and so consumable doesn't always mean fun. It also just means possible to watch yeah. some shit and understand what's going on. <laughs> so I agree. I think the biggest hurdle they have is to actually make this uh, a consumable, you know, fun thing to watch. Uh, and I think the other um, problem that they have, the last, before I hand it off to you, Panic, I think the other problem that they have is that ultimately 
No, Overwatch is an incredibly unbalanced game. It's probably more unbalanced than any other game in the competitive scene that I have ever personally played at a AAA level. Obviously, I've played other competitive games that are like lower tier that are just broken as shit. But from a high standpoint of like a Blizzard AAA release played by 30 million people, unbalanced. it is unbelievably unbalanced. And not in the fun way, unbalanced, where it rotates... You know, uh, enough to, you know, where people can go, okay, it's whatever, you know, this this week, this thing's broken, next week, the next thing's broke, whatever. It's just, like, annoyingly unbalanced, and so it turns a lot of people off because of it. Somebody actually released a statement, uh, or it was somebody broke that news, I think it was GameSpot or somebody else, that said that Overwatch holds the title now for best, they, they framed it this way, best post-game release support in that they patched the game more than anyone else actively since its release. That tells you two things. One, yes, I'm going to applaud Blizzard for continuing to patch this game and attempt to, you know, make it whatever, you know, as best it possibly can be. But two, boy, does that ever tell you that the game is fucking broken. So, so from from a balance point of view. So... They do have a lot of things to juggle. They have a lot of things to figure out. And I think, unfortunately, they may have put the cart in front of the horse on this one. The horse isn't really ready to push the cart yet, but we're going to fucking put it out there anyway. And then we're just going to hope that, you know, the horse, (laughs) the horse gets itself going on its own because right now it's not there. Yeah. I mean, one of the big things they're doing also, and I think from the esports perspective, which is going to be nice is... MOBAs especially, um, the games are long, and they structure it so that you have to have these really huge, like, day-long or multi-day tournaments that go for, like, two or three days, and then you've got nothing for, like, a couple of weeks until you have, like, another, you know, qualifier or whatever. Um, What they're doing with the Overwatch stuff, and I wish they would do this in more games, is they're trying to go with smaller matches, and effectively they're doing, like, the home-away system with, um, you know, like, in regular sports where, you know, It'll be only two teams. They'll travel. They'll do game, and then they'll move on. So they're doing the first season in L.A. in an esports venue, but one of the agreements yes. when the team signed on was they have to build a local venue that can handle, you know, and they can do that with, you know, they can do it studio style, but preferably they would do it where spectators can come and watch the games, but they'd also be able to host the other team and, like, do, like, a full production from there. And then eventually, you know, Get, get it so that you have a full schedule of a home and away game. So like basketball, hockey, whatever, you have a schedule of games and you can kind of follow along a team through the through the season, you know, to make it a little bit more interesting, which I feel like is nice because that makes the game, that makes it a whole lot easier to consume as an eSport and like as like a cohesive experience over the course of some time as opposed to like uh, you have a major, then you wait a while, then you have, you know, whatever qualifiers that's the part I'm excited about. I want that part of it to work. You want I want sports. to be able to see. You want sports. Yeah, I want sports, sports with games. And everybody wants yeah. it. But the problem is, is I don't know if that's going to work for esports. I mean, we don't know. I don't it's necessarily want to before. see it on TV, but I want to see it on like Twitch or something. Yeah, like, I don't necessarily I mean, want to go on the TV and watch it. But I'd like to see more regular, you know, not necessarily huge day-long productions, but, you yeah. know, two, three hours uh, on, a, on a one like Wednesday night. I know what you're saying, and then they also can run into the problem where it's just too much, and kind of like yeah. what LCS does is where they're giving you so much content that you just don't care anymore. It's all the same. <laughs> the mystique of those major events are no longer special. 
It's the same f- fucking seven teams playing each other. One, The two foreign teams are going to be the ones stomping everybody's face in. And it's just like, after a while, it just becomes monotonous. And it's the same, old, same, old, same. So having those big events is is special. And then also on those downtimes, usually esports lovers follow other esports. So when you're not watching Overwatch, you're watching League. Or you're playing League. Or you're watching StarCraft. Or you're watching whatever. So... You know, uh, you could say the same argument for sports. I mean, I know people that are diehard basketball, hockey, football fans, everything. And then I also have friends that are just straight up hockey. They will not watch any other sport. Straight up baseball. I'm a UFC guy. I just watch MMA. So um, it really just depends. And we'll see if the infrastructure can work. I'm not sure if... um, you're going to see it just on Twitch. I think if they're going to go this route, they're going to want to go the television. They're going to go the whole way. And I bet you a lot of these big guns here, maybe not some of the eSport guys, but the ones that are owning basketball teams and all these huge investors, they're going to envision sports. They don't know eSports. So they're going to psychologically be ready and, 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 be expecting sports, but in esports because it's what they know. So if they don't get these sort of things, are they going to be okay with just having things on the internet where people are just kind of tuning in? I think they're going to push for this whole television thing, the whole studio thing. I can see. I mean, in a perfect world, we'd love to have seven different places. The teams are on a bus. Traveling across America, you know, the big Korean team is on a jet and it's so awesome. And they've got fans wearing their shit all over the city and they're 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 bumping heads with with the with the cities beside them. And you got one side cheering for this and another side cheering for that. And it's just all the passion. But we're nerds. Just put it on the Internet and let me watch a stream. Let me watch player battleground unknown on another fucking monitor and let me have a fap session on the side and oh. you know, <laughs> you know which, let me mute the advertisements. Which. That's the reality of it. <laughs> ESL actually announced their PUBG franchise. They're starting it up. There you go. There you go. There, there it is. You go. You'll get to get that fap session. It's starting. Uh, it is. Well, it is. Uh, so just to, to cap this, because we've kind of touched on it in bits and pieces in our three little spiels on, on this whole thing, is um, obviously, I, th- I I think I think anyway that we all agree that eventually, for North America at the very least, esports has to go this route to become viable uh, financially for investors to to really want to take it to the next level. So, mm-hmm. with that being said, and I think we all also agree that Overwatch may not have been the right one to take that first step. Mm-hmm. Um, which which game that currently exists? Do you guys think would have been the the right move for for this uh, first step? League or Dota? Um, at this point, League is kind of they've been downtrending on their numbers. Um, Dota was literally in the middle of doing like a massive restructuring, and they changed their structure to something completely different. Um, I don't necessarily agree with what they're doing on their structure, and I feel like this kind of structure would have worked better for Dota. But I think Dota is too niche. I think Dota is too underground. You know, Dota Dota is like is like that is like um, you know, Kendrick Lamar before he was famous. You know, there 
you know, it, it's it's the real hip hop. Kendrick Malamar eventually became famous. Exactly, well, I, or way, or or, or Chance the Rapper, or you know somebody okay, somebody yeah. underground. Maybe Kendrick Lamar wasn't the best uh, thing. Um, you know, <laughs> know Chance you mean, the though. Rapper, or or somebody you know Logic, uh, somebody that is underground, that is well respected, and that are known by the real hip hop heads, or in this case, the real esports heads or the real MOBA heads, knowing the history of Dota, what the real true MOBA is. And I feel as though it's not as commercially, um, it's not as dumbed down, it's not as digestible, it's not as commercial, it, it doesn't have the backing like it, like League of Legends does. And you can make those arguments that, yeah, of course, I think Dota fans are more hardcore than League fans. But the thing is, is League is just on that next level. League is already ready for the transition. They They have it. That's the show. I mean... If, if it wasn't for Riot, Riot just wants to run the whole train. Riot wants to be the ones that are going to take this game, and, and they have, and just blow it up. They've done it, but they want to be fully in control of everything and everything. And, and Riot I feel is FIFA, so, pretty much. It's an ego thing, man. I think Riot just has a massive ego. They know they're the big shit. Uh, I think there's somebody up top that's just calling all the shots, and they're not allowing any risk. They're they're not taking any risk with you know uh, uh, put, taking their business and 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 handing it over to another uh, franchise or 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 opening up a big partnership. They don't want to do it. At least that's kind of what I'm seeing. Um, I think League of Legends would succeed. They're already selling out stadiums literally in minutes. Um, they've they've got the infrastructure for it. They just need uh, to have to sit down in a room with these uber rich people and say, let's make some teams and let's make a, a league and let's let's put it out there. Everybody has the money to do it there. Um, I think Blizzard is taking a risk, but they're also stepping up to the plate and either they're going to strike out or they're going to hit a home run. And I, I think it's worth the risk because I think Overwatch at this point is very successful but it's not what they envisioned. I think they envisioned it to be bigger than what it is right now in terms of eSport. It's just not catching on uh, the way they want it to. And, uh, you know, they when a game really comes out... They haven't much with it as an, as like an eSport. They have a couple of things here and there, but they've like been focusing on these league things and like yep. building it out before they launch it. So I feel like yep. they're, they're I mean, kind of just like... They're doing the burnout in, at, the, at the starting line right now. Yeah. Uh, I definitely feel like League is 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 the one that is ready to jump tomorrow and make it work. And I think just in sheer number and just brand, it would work. Um, and it would take a couple of years to work out kinks, but I think it would be successful. I think Overwatch just takes a risk, and they have a potential for it to not be successful at all. And these uh, these rich motherfuckers have a chance to lose twenty million plus. You know, big deal. You know, to them. What it is, what it is. What about you, Penny? Uh, I was gonna. I still like. I, I understand. Like my whole argument about league was always it's the basketball of esports. It's a game that's easy to follow. The map is very standardized. The mechanics of it. It, it was geared for. It was very meticulously designed that way so that it is easy to follow as a MOBA, but you still get the complexity. Dota's got a lot more going on. You have denies. You have like a lot of intricate pathing on the map that not everyone knows. League is top lane, bot lane, mid lane, and you know you'll have jungle and you have your roles. Dota can get 
a little bit more fuzzy in what's going on. And I think Riot kind of knew that, and it changes the dynamic of the game. Like, the casters don't have to explain as much in League. They can kind of do it, like, in an initial thing, but then they can go into the gameplay, and they can do the color commentary and the stuff to excite people. Dota, you have to explain a lot all the time because there's always little, like, quirks and stuff that happen, and a lot of people aren't interested in that. That being said, I still say Dota would have been more in a position to kind of do this, um, kind of for a different reason. They than don't that. put League any money kind of, up, man. They don't put any money up. But that's the thing. They have, they have the international. That's, that's where the money goes. But League is kind of already entrenched in their mindset of how to do things. The viewer base is kind of entrenched in what they're kind of going for with LCS. And League has made changes, but the, you, like you said you're them, yourself, they're kind of resistant and they are kind of have it on lockdown. Valve has been, you know, experimenting a bit. And, you know, not being that, you know, the fact is they don't have that much to lose, you know, trying the new Valve format. Ain't, Valve ain't making any risks. Valve ain't investing any money. Valve is going to do what Valve does. And the thing is, is with Dota, they have something special going for them. They're that underground special talent. And I tell you right now, all them Dota fanboys, if it went full commercial, they'd have a fucking uproar. It'd be so huge. It would be ridiculous. The League of Legends guys, the 14-year-olds the out there playing League of Legends, they're just going to go on TV and watch their shit, cheer for their favorite TSM player, and that'll be the show. Dota, it would be, it would be like the apocalypse if you went full, <laughs> if you went full-blown commercial. That they would because the majority of the Dota community are elitist, older, jaded motherfuckers. They just are. That's just the way it is, man. You, you can't. I, I just don't see it working at all for for Dota. I think Dota works because it's not what League is, and that's why <laughs> it's so it does so well. Is it's just not what League is. You go this commercial route, you're becoming League. And then you may have so a we're, we're on opposite sides of this battlefield, Jeff. I think so. Opposite sides. I think so. Oh, but sorry, Panic. Sorry, Panic, but League of Legends is the easiest possible choice for this. It's not even close. Like Dota Life's not always easy, up. Adam. Life's not <laughs> always easy. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. But the, here's, here's the thing. In order for this, this whole situation, I mean, if you look at, the, at Overwatch, for the reasons why this might not work, it has 30 million people playing it, yes, but the viewer numbers are not there, and it's and it's not watchable, and it's kind of boring. Those 30 million people um, aren't necessarily going to go to watch it. No, no exactly. The, the amount of people that you need to be able to prop up a move from current, what you'll call, let's call it traditional esports platform to traditional sports platform is just flat out not there. If they pull it off, I'll eat my words. I hope they fucking mm -hmm. make make it happen. But For I don't sure. see it happening personally. Uh, the the thing about Dota, like Jeff said, is that's very, very, very true. Valve personally doesn't fucking care. Valve is as hands off with literally everything they can make happen. Just. To, you know, we have it. Here it is. We'll do some some kind of. Uh, we'll handle sale. the money. We'll handle the money. We'll put the money back out over here. And la di da, you're done. Everybody else fend for themselves. Um, so, uh, I, and on top of that, but the the more important thing is, Jeff is right, is that uh, Dota is like the esport that's me personified, just the old jaded fuck. 
uh, where you don't want anything to change. You hate commercialization. Uh, you, you just want it to be you and the Dota fans and everyone else can go away and nobody cares yeah. if you... Yeah, like it's just... That's what it is. Now, again, before we get... before Or not again, but before we get a whole bunch of like salty Dota viewers in here right now, uh, whether that's you know YouTube or whatever, that's not to say that every person that watches Dota is like that. But the general community... That is, if you asked anyone, they would characterize it almost exactly like that. And it's because it's true. If you moved that and did what you what we're talking about, I think it falls apart. And on top of that, I just don't think that the product that is Dota 2, both the game itself, despite it being similar to League of Legends, and the current way in which they broadcast it and package it, I don't think it works nearly as well as League of Legends. League of Legends is the over-the-top, everyone get in here on this shit, here's a couple of noisemakers and a fucking TSM hat, get into that arena, yeah. and whenever you see somebody die, do this and Woo! clap the fucking noisemakers together. And then everybody's <laughs> like, yeah, let's fucking go! And then, of course, also, again, it skews younger. And that's the easier thing to get them set up on. When they're younger and they're into it and they're in that mode, you just send them into a team and they're like, yeah, well, let's fucking get behind this kind of shit. The way they produce it. Have you seen how League of Legends in, in Korea, for example, produces stuff for tournaments? That shit is fire. It looks oh, yeah. awkward as hell because hardcore. everybody is a bunch of like 40-pound Asians, but they somehow make a bunch of 40-pound Asians look like gods in these fucking like pre, you know, pre-tournament videos and they outdo everyone production-wise. Oh, yeah. Just smash not it out of the park. It's and, not even close. And it looks close. it looks like it's produced for TV. It doesn't look like I'm about to go to twitch.tv and consume a few, you know, <laughs> <laughs> hours of of esports content it looks like i'm about to watch fucking mayweather and mcgregor go at this shit <laughs> because they put about as much production on top of it as yeah. uh, as they do so it's already there the fan base is obviously huge and it's and it's incredibly diehard but it's already commercialized league is like is like the sellout of the century game and they just don't fucking care the biggest problem obviously you have to talk about this in a hypothetical because riot wants to run everything like Jeff said they want to have you know their hands on the controls they don't really want to bring other people in they want to play puppet master and uh and they want to make sure that everything goes their way or the highway understandably understandable you know, understandable yeah. i mean they're kind of assholes and they don't pay anybody well, you know appropriately yeah. kind of yeah. seeing how people, esports but... was before riot did their thing you know it kind of completely understandable yeah. why riot did what they did it's kind of like the UFC before they got bought out, you know? They pay their fighters shitty. They, uh, they're they kind of dicks. They favor certain things. You know, they do some shady shit behind the scene, but they're great business people uh, in, in, the, in every you know sense of the word. But at the end of the day, um, until somebody takes over or somebody, there's a change of power, uh, they're yeah. going to just be stuck in their ways. And you know what? Being stuck in that way, it's not that bad. They're doing great. They may have little waves and they may go down a little bit, but even a dip for league is it's so nothing. It's nothing. It's, whatever, it's a blip. Dude. It's a it's a blip on the radar. It's, I mean, are they untouchable? 
No, but no. is uh, no. but is what people are talking about right now? Oh, league league isn't pulling down one hundred and thirty thousand people every minute of every single day anymore. And you're like, well, they are literally at one hundred and twenty thousand <laughs> people right now. There you go. And the next <laughs> highest game is. Player unknown battleground at seventy two thousand. Of course, very hey, yo, it, hey, yo, Night Blue is only pulling in twenty five thousand viewers. Where's the forty k that was there last year? Well, better go home. <laughs> Damn nothing, man, that's nothing. No money to be made here yeah. now. There's Time to go only home. three million people watching <laughs> LCS today on all platforms. <laughs> there used to be five. It's over. <laughs> I think some of it, though, not before we wrap this whole thing up, and move into our next segment or go to break uh, real quick. Uh, is that when it comes to the dip that people th- see, I feel like people only use Twitch as a metric. Twitch, that's it. I think oh, that yeah. they forget oh, yeah. that there are other platforms that people Tons. can consume League of Legends there content are no on. other platforms. Yeah, of course. Uh, but Twitch and otherwise, or like foreign and otherwise, or domestic and otherwise, I, I should say, there are so many places going. The numbers are always great. It's dude, you know, the, it's like that fantastic. for everybody. You can go to, you can go, dude. I've had people come to my stream. They go, Jeff. Yeah, you've only got five hundred viewers, bro. It's nice knowing yep. you, bro. Yep. It's like, damn, bro. There, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna measure my level of success on the five minutes you tuned in. That's, but the, the, that's like legitimately most people think that esports only exists. On Twitch.tv. On Twitch, yeah. And, yeah. At that, and at that moment where they tuned in, it don't matter if the stream is up for five minutes, five hours, or five days. At that yep. moment, if that number is not exact what they saw the last time. time, or that one peak time where League had like a 1.3 million viewers, and then yeah. now, now it's at fucking 400,000. They go, what <laughs> the fuck? Oh, it's all downhill here, boys. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, no, it's, it's no. crazy. No, no, it's no. crazy. Well, no. ladies, we're gonna uh, we're gonna move into our first break, and when we come back, we're gonna see um, either Jeff has something that he wants to talk about retro game wise, or we're gonna see how good he is at coming up with something off the top of his head before we talk about movies and stuff. Uh, and I believe we're probably at least going to briefly talk about Spider Man to some degree. I'm sure. And Spider Man. Um, we have Spoder Man and we have some other stuff lined up as well. We'll come up with some, some goodies one way or another. We're pretty good around here coming up with stuff off the top of the head. But first, we got to go to that sellout time. So sit mm. tight and we will be right back. Hey guys, if you're enjoying Technical Alpha and are interested in supporting us, do I have a solution for you? We've set up a Patreon page to help us help you help us and you. We've got a list of options that would make a used car salesman cry that provide you with a range of goodies for your support. Head on over to patreon.com slash technicalalpha to see what's up for grabs. Do you like badges and stuff? Subscribe to us on Twitch TV to get, well, badges and stuff. Technical Alpha is live streamed every Friday at 8pm Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash technicalalpha, so if you're in the neighborhood, be sure to stop by. Listening to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, or another podcast app? If you're having a good time, be sure to give us a thumbs up. It's a simple thing, but it goes a long way in helping us reach more people. And really, more people should be able to judge us feverishly. It's only fair. Honestly, though, while we like to joke about the sellout, just being a regular listener is a huge help, and we're incredibly thankful for all of your support. Technical Alpha will continue soon, so sit tight. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. From that quick little break, Reno. Hope you enjoyed Damn, that. That was sellout. quick. 
I know. Holy shit. I got to make up. I, I'm still making up for the. Uh, the <laughs> for that like 25 minute one you decided the egg to do roll, the other the, day. The, 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 the egg roll debacle. So I've got, I've got to make Holy up for that. Shit. Uh, let me get this over here. There we go. Uh, Mr. Black. Yeah. Retro games. They're a thing that uh, that people um, buy and collect and play and sometimes yeah. also sell. What mm-hmm. are we talking about for Retro Corner, as I'm going to tentatively continue to call this segment <laughs> until we have corner. a real name? Uh, what do we got for this week? Well, I don't really have uh, much to talk about, simply because I haven't collected any retro games since that massive lot that I picked up, mm. um, which I've managed to turn profit on now. Um, and I was at the pawn shop today. And he's interested in buying like the 300 handhelds that I have. So I'm going to work something out with him. But um, yeah, there's not a whole lot of news. But I did want to mention, and we can kind of turn this into a topic. uh, Mm. There is a retro guy that I watch who probably has the best retro video. Actually, he does. He has the best retro video game channel. Um, His name is Metal Jesus Rocks. And it's an old okay. school, like, he, you know, he literally looks like he's from a metal band, big dude. Um, he worked in the gaming uh, sector for a while. Um, I think he worked at Ciara and, and uh, you know, working on some old games and things like that. And uh, went to school for, um, what did he go to school for? I forget. I think it's some kind of designer or graphical thing. I don't, I'm not sure. But he managed, or editing. I think he did it for, like, editing and stuff. But anyway, he he's really good. His content is well produced. It's good stuff. Uh, I'm gonna start modeling some of my retro content off him because he, he just does such a good job. Um, mm. But I wanted to bring up him because he had a crazy find um, okay. of 600 big box PC games for 75 bucks, which is an what? absolute steal. What? Like How an absolute. You pull that off. Apparently he um his buddy PM'd him on a but a Craigslist ad his buddy lived too far away and uh said you know dude you need to you need to try and get this. So he didn't really do any bartering at all and the guy just wanted 75 bucks for quite literally 600. Um and it's not even exaggeration. It took him two like carfuls. Guy drives like a fucking RAV4 like you or some shit very similar. Filled it up to the fucking. Uh, there's a video. There's a video on his channel for those that want to go see it. Metal Jesus rocks. Um, tell him that the bow sent you. But um, go watch that video. It's crazy. The reason why I wanted to bring it up is because um, it just brought back so many memories. The big big box stuff there is crazy. The guy had games that you've never seen in a bajillion years, and I wanted to bring it up because. I was going to ask you guys, Okay, is there a big box PC game that mm. you wish you had or that mm. you remember playing? Because there's something special about big box PC games. I don't collect them. They take up too much space. You yeah, don't huge. really see them. They're pretty rare because normally, especially old computer games from like the 90s, uh, you know, even 2000s, most people just tear up the box Throw and keep the, the box disc. yeah you know they yeah. just they just use the the you know like a PlayStation like disc yeah um 
And to see 600 of those games all in one spot in minty, complete in box, I was just, I, I couldn't believe it. It was just absolutely 70, insane. $70. 75 bucks. So when what are you the building fuck? the extension to your house, Jeff? Oh, <laughs> fuck. If I, if I got all those games, I'd need one. Dude, no, cereal box uh, like you call it like you call them like cereal boxes because they were basically the size I of a only, freaking cereal box. I only yep. ever started collecting PC games, and even then, I don't have a huge collection. Um, they had a very small window of time. I'm gonna say I remember this because I was in college at the time. It was around 2005 or six where they started having the hard case DVD cases that were like two DVD cases oh, wide. Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They're like thick. I, it's like the yeah, like and thick. and they fit. Yeah, they fit on a bookcase. They were solid plastic. They had the slip covers in it, and you can fit everything you needed for the game inside of those. I have yeah. a bunch of those, and I still have a bunch of those from when I used to buy games um, before all the Steam stuff. Um, I actually, we were cleaning out my parents' house because they were moving, and I have like a box of them. Um, I always, for the big box PC game, it's just, like you said, way too much space, yeah. and it's hard to keep them in good condition. They're cardboard. They fall yep. apart. So you know, yeah. I ended up just chucking them over time. Yeah, like uh, when I saw it, there's you'd have to watch the video because it's incredible. The video is only like 15 minutes long, but man, it's cars full, and you're seeing games there that I hadn't seen in forever. Like seeing all the missed games, the old mm. StarCraft, the Command and Conquer boxes, like all mm-hmm. the manuals, the inserts, everything. I don't know why Holy a guy shit. sold all of them for 75 bucks. Why? Like, I don't even know how I could physically. It like, might have let been it like some estate sale or something. Someone died, and they're just like, no, "Oh, you got all this crap, and you said to sell well, it." What he said in the video was that the guy was collecting forever, um, and uh, it was just like direct to, from first party source. Yeah, and like he just wanted to get while. rid of the stuff. He just wanted to clean out his basement, um, and That's just crazy. sold it for seventy five bucks, man. For six, kind of happened with my kind of happened when my parents were cleaning out stuff. It got to the point where it's like we just want to get rid of just it. Just get rid we of don't it. Wanna, like, yeah. Someone just we just want someone to come and take it away, and it got to the point where they were like, "Yeah, we'll take twenty bucks for it." I mean, even even if you wanted to get rid of it, you could do a buck a game and get six hundred dollars, like in a second. Like you could, you honestly for complete in box games, there's games in there. Like he was showing off some more of the expensive ones. There's ones eighty hundred bucks a pop, like uh, rare all day, like all day, absolutely. I mean, Mm -hmm. if 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 that was me and that came up locally for six hundred complete in box PC games. I don't collect for for PC at all, but I tell you right now, I would probably walk play, over probably pay like three. I'd probably pay three bucks a game, honest to God, and wouldn't even be upset about it. Like I'd be excited. No. The video would be fire. Like just, guys, I just got to steal. I just got to steal turn, three dollars a turn game. All that profit is huge profit. Yeah. I mean, eighteen hundred, eighteen hundred bucks for six hundred complete in box games. I mean, I mean, dude, it's, you're gonna it's make, crazy. Like. You could have a shit time and still make three make grand that off back, of that. Like thirty, off of that forty. Fold. You'll make you'll make you'll make back ten, maybe twenty, maybe even thirty fold on that. Uh, yep. At a buck yeah. to a game. Yep. Oh, it's absolutely crazy. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I would, saw that to answer crazy. your question. I guess to answer your question. I guess. I mean, uh, there are only so many that I uh, I would really like. I mean. Some of them had really awesome box art, though. Like PC, P- big box PC games. Some of them had some pretty dope uh, box art. Some of them was kind of like whatever. Um, but um, I guess uh, I would I would like to have back my Mech Warrior Two box because I had mm-hmm. that. I had a big box Mech Warrior Two. I had a big box Mech Warrior 
um, mercenaries, I think, which is also two, oh, yeah. just a uh, like a uh, like an expansion of sorts. Um, Instead of a single player campaign, it was more open stuff. Yeah, so there was there was that. Those were both pretty fire boxes to to have for sure. The mist stuff, I'd love to have big box of all of it. I had I just have the the five year anniversary like collector's uh, bundle box. I still have the box for it and everything, but I don't have like the original, you know, boxes for for the individual I want games. Chex Quest. Chex Chex Quest? Quest. What's that? Chex Quest. You guys don't know Chex Quest. Um, no. It was. It, it was a game that came with the cereal checks. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, right I know yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That game Dude, it looks like was Doom. fire. Or, uh, yeah. It, yeah, it looks like Doom. It was, it was, it was, a, Do- it was like a Doom. It was, it was basically a Doom mod. It was like pretty much like, it, it, no, but it was a full game. And it yeah. was amazing. Though that is actually, like, it looks like Doom or Wolfenstein. Yeah, it was an like older Wolfenstein three D. Well, Wolf, Wolfenstein oh, mod. Was, yeah, it's like a Wolfenstein mod. It basically. was a fully competent game. Like some marketing guy he checked was like, "Let's make a shooter game," and it was hilarious. And it actually played really well. So what, cool. what? What? Uh, what? What replaced OG the, big the box BFG? Game. What? What replaced the BFG? Did they have? Did they have the equivalent of a BFG? Checks quest and it's if even I turned around like online logo on there. If I, if I turn around old. on the first level, if I turn around on the first level, did I find a chainsaw? <laughs> <laughs> Checks. If I hunt, yeah, like if I hunt your melee the, weapon, yeah, dude, your melee a, weapon was a spork. It was a spoon, which could then all the way upgrade to like a spork that like. Spins. Oh my god, dude! There's a what, checks but, quest one, two, and three. Yeah, dude. These games like they they actually dramatic they did the first one and it dramatically increased sales of the cereal so they kept doing it they made sequels (laughs) this actually looks like fire dude i'm not gonna the game was a good game yeah no i got it and i played i thought it was going to be a gimmick and that's why we got it but when i played it when i was a kid even then i'm like this is a really good shooter and it wasn't like and like my uh, mom looked at it she's like are you playing a game where cereal is like shooting things i'm like yeah pretty much (laughs) Wow. It's like okay. I wouldn't mind wow. I wouldn't mind having um some of the old, you know, Icewind Dale, Neverwinter Nights. Those yeah, boxes Neverwinter were Nights pretty are cool. Yeah, those were are pretty, nice, nice pretty cool. I hate you for sending me that article earlier. Dude, I'm telling it. you guys, like oh, yeah. if you were to see this video, it's it'll Rip. blow your fucking it'll well, blow it's your 600, mind. man. Like literally for he's, 75 he's like, he was like yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, when people tell you hundreds of games, it's 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 an exaggeration. Like, I've been there and done that before. Yeah, of And then course. when you show up and there's legitimately 600 games, <laughs> you're just going, what in the almighty fuck? Dude, oh, the, yeah. um, the original uh, uh, Fallout, uh, big box PC, it's got dope Those art. are hard to find, Ooh. man. There's, uh, there's uh, Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Dark Sun. That looks very dope. The the art um, on the Dungeons and Dragons is just crazy. Um, there there's all kinds, man. I, I I'm with you. I I like the Neverwinter Nights. I used to own that. I think you did too. Yeah, I uh, did for for big box. So you know, I gotta I get, oh the Deus Ex box looks dope too. Um, the uh, I was gonna ask, and maybe uh, other people can can uh, chime in on this it doesn't necessarily have to be retro related um, mm. although it can be but what do you prefer honestly 
do you prefer to buy games on Steam and have your Steam library and have a digital you know, footprint of your games? Or do you mm-hmm. prefer to have the physical copy that you can touch and feel and put on a shelf? What what do you prefer? I'm I'm I'll start. I I prefer to have my games. Um, I love physical games. That's why I prefer to have them on the wall to display. They look great. They're good conversational pieces. And and it's like you have a piece of history. You have a piece of something tangible. You can go it's back not, and look at it and be like. Oh man, yeah. I remember opening this box and I remember playing installing this exactly. play game. Yeah. Exactly. And and I find I've never I all of my gaming ex, like um like wow moments or memories has always been with me opening up a game or physically putting a disc in there or sticking a cart in a machine and it comes with this memory. I never remember buying a game on Steam because the because the experience is the same every time there's no art there's a reason art. I buy the Halo the collector's editions for Halo and the reason I buy the Starcraft collector's editions it's yeah. not because I necessarily want everything inside of them I just always have had a really good experience opening those collector's editions you yeah. know I get you know you get like and those are like franchises I love so like that's like part of it but you know, in my or, per- or or sorry to interrupt but you know or no, or there can be, you know, there are people that like, and I'm kind of this way. Um, I'm more this way with Blu-rays, where if there's a game you really love, then you're gonna buy a physical copy of it. If there's a game that it's like, ah, you know, it's it's another, you know, uh, uh, Uncharted. You know, I'll just get, grab it on digital. I don't care, um, unless you love the series. I'm that way with Blu-rays. So, you know, if there's a Christopher Nolan movie that I absolutely love or there's a, a movie that had an impact on me growing up, I'm going to go and buy that movie and I'm going to have it on display just to have it. Some of those movies I still have in the packages. I just own just to say I own the copy and just to see it. And at any given time, if I feel like turning it on, you know, once in a five-year period or I have a friend over and they're like, I've never seen that. Like, oh, shit, well, let's fucking put it in. Even though I know damn well I could go on Netflix, probably stream it, uh, or or download it somewhere or whatever in five minutes, um, I'd rather just have that. So I'm kind of that way. There are people that are like that with video games where there's only certain series or things that they'll buy where they want the physical copy. Some people will even have the game on Steam and then say, fuck it, and buy a physical copy as well. Or if it goes on sale, then they'll pick one up down the road or whatever um, and do it that way. For me... If, if if I ever have a choice, especially for consoles, if a game is out for PS4, I am buying it at the store. I I will drive to the store. I will pick it up. I don't want to buy. I don't want to just do a digital download. Steam is a little different. I, I think I'm desensitized a little bit with Steam. I can just go and just buy it or whatever. It, it is what it is. Uh, but typically, if it's a game I love, I'm going to buy the physical copy anyway and just install it and do and do whatever. That's a rare thing because I don't play that many games, but. When it comes to retro games, I just I have to have the physical you copy. Buy them. I you need it. I have to have it. There, it is just yeah. You know, I get people all the time in in the comment section of videos, or I'm doing a I'm I'm going through games uh, that a big lot that I got. And they're going, bruh, why <laughs> the fuck don't you just download the ROMs, emulate it? It's free. It runs better. You say you sound like King Kai. Right? 
That's <laughs> I do kind of sound like Kid Tiger. <laughs> you can say that. Yeah, you can say that. So they, you know, that's that's what I hear, and, and they just don't get it. It's like, dude, I love to hold the game. I want to see the, the smell art. Of them. I want to fucking blow into the cartridge. I want to stick it on the wall. I want to I want to hold it. And there's value in this. There's no value in the digital copy. I mean, it's you know, there you see people trying to sell their Steam accounts on Kijiji for like 200 bucks and they're like, "Yeah, it's got 30 games." Nobody gives a fuck. You can't you can't you can't hold it. It's like it's like buying fucking canned air. It's it's a hard sell. It's like, yeah, but you know, it's all compressed. It comes from the mountains of fucking Alaska. You just blow into it, and it's a, it's an experience. It's like, dude, it's fucking air. And and at the end of the day, it's like, dude, it's a digital game. There's nothing special about it. You have a physical game, and it holds some kind of value. It holds some kind of monetary value, and I like that. And and that's just how I am with retro games. There are people that are like, dude, you're retarded. Why in the hell do you have three thousand games behind you? Why don't you just get download a file? It's free, and I don't even so, play the card like. Well, I like to support the uh, the companies and the developers. I don't like to uh, pirate. I don't give a shit about that. It's it's literally for me. It's it's having it. I just love yeah, for it. me. For me, I'm kind of in your camp where I would prefer to have physical copies of some games, but realistically, it just doesn't happen. I don't have the space for it. Um, and it's just a practicality of owning it means you have to maintain it. Um, for me, I, I buy most of my games on Steam. Um, for PS4, the threshold is pretty high. Um, I will make the decision on if I will buy the game or not. If I would like, if I would make the effort to go buy it in the store for PS4, yeah. I will then go and just digitally download it. <laughs> um, yeah. The only things I'll buy physical copies these days are certain franchises that I love, in which case I'm going ham for the collector's edition. Or, um, like you said, for certain Blu-rays, like for movies, I will go and get a physical copy so that I own it. Because one, the physical media is usually better quality than whatever the hell I'm going to stream on Netflix. Uh-huh. And I will get the Blu-ray in the highest quality I can get it, you know, for movies and certain anime series. That's it. Yeah. Um, it, it, it gets to a point where, again, it gets crazy. Yeah, it, it, lo- it starts looking like this. To do. Right. And if you don't have the space, well, the for thing it, is, then... like you have you have space for it and it's, you can maintain it in that space. Right. Yeah. Um, it's just difficult again for those boxes and keeping them. Like I would get kind of paranoid. That's why when you had that small window where it was like double width, thick plastic DVD cases, I'm like sold, easy to store, easy to maintain. Yeah. And they got rid what, of those. What happens? What happens if games went the went the movie route where if you go and you buy a physical copy, you get a digital copy? So I want that. So if it, if it did that, would would you then make the effort to go to the store and physically buy it, knowing that you can put it, you can get a code on there digitally, you know, you have whatever. I don't know how they would regulate that because you could give it to a friend or whatever. I know with Blu-rays and stuff, they they a lot of them do have a digital code that you can actually give to a friend, um, and then they can download it and put it on their computer or whatever. Um, if they did that for games, would you then make the extra effort? Just to go and and physically have a, a copy. Um, again, for me, it just comes down to storage space. If I had the space to do it, I would. It's one of those things that, like you, you, I like having. Like, I loved having. Like, I, I, I can, st- I, I can list off the games that I had. Like, I had Need for Speed Underground Two, Command and Conquer. Like, you know, all of those in those cases. Like, I remember the whole experience of 
making my way to the mall when I was in college to get Need for Speed Underground yeah. 2. I remember yeah. the guy being like, oh, man, I'm sorry, bro. It's not on sale until tomorrow. I can't give it to you. But yeah. And then he got a look in his eye. He's like, you know what? Hold on a second. And he goes in back, gets a copy out, rings it up for me, and Ooh. I walk out with it. There you like, go. I remember you those get things those. about it. You don't get those yeah. moments digitally. You don't get it with Steam. You're at home. It's 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 isolating. It's the same experience as every other game you buy digitally. Yeah. There's no memory involved in it unless it's I'm a massive release and you're I'm, waiting till midnight. But yeah, I'm disappointed you know. that Re- StarCraft Remastered doesn't have a physical copy like a collector's edition. I feel like Blizzard missed out. They could have done an art book where they show you the original art from StarCraft with the remastered artwork and like put all of that together. Like I would have gone out and bought that instantly. Yeah. What about you, Adam? Yeah. I mean, I the Amazon type order it on Amazon. No, I've only, I've only really ordered a couple of games on Amazon. I haven't really done too much with, with Amazon. I mean, I'll, I'll mess with Amazon if they have a a collector's edition that you can't get somewhere else. Cause that happens now sometimes. But, um, uh, I'm I'm kind of I treat it the same way Jeff is talking about with Blu-rays, and I do the same thing with Blu-rays. If I really like a movie, unless it's dirt dirt cheap and it's not on Netflix, and I want to watch it for for shits and giggles, and it's like seven bucks, then I'll pick yeah. up like a Blu-ray or something. Otherwise, you know, I'm buying stuff, you know, that I want to I want to keep longer term and hold on to, so I can watch a bunch of times and display it. Otherwise digital and the same thing goes for games now where uh if i really like the game odds are i'm gonna buy it uh you know a physical copy uh of it and this goes this rings yeah this this rings mostly true for um or or almost entirely based on i should say not not ringing true for the consoles because on pc i just get everything on steam i mean i don't i when I go to to like a Best Buy or something, and you and you go to the the PC section, it's like the most anemic, <laughs> yeah. kind of sad bargain bin ass looking shit uh, <laughs> that that you've ever seen. And so it's not you don't even really get to go and buy that. And I don't even have CD drives anymore. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. in my computers, I, I just I don't need them. Uh, so I buy almost everything digitally for, as far as PC games go for the consoles. Um, the majority of it is still physical copy, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, PlayStations, for example, PlayStations online downloading is absolute garbage. It is the shittiest server to have ever existed as far as digital consumption that I've used my, myself. Uh, Steam on a bad day is still better <laughs> than PS4 on a good day. Uh, you mm. seem like you're waiting for years to download a single uh, title, especially big ones. Because, I mean, we're talking about games that are going 50 Dude, gigs I now, start, 40, 50 gigs. I start to download before I go to work so that it's going to be done when I get back. Yeah, Those things take yeah, like exactly. four or five hours. If I'm on Steam and I have, and with my internet speed, and I go to Steam and I uncap it, and I don't, you know, like tell it to, to ease up, I have a 50 gig game inside of a half an hour. Yep. Easy. I yep. do the same thing on the PlayStation, and I bought a couple of, uh, of games online, the PlayStation, that were around 30, 40 gigs, uh, and I'm in it for minimum three hours, like, at, at the <laughs> very least. 
That's like and a good that's a good download day if I'm hitting three hours. So and that's especially if it's a release day because if you're downloading it on a release yeah. day and Every, it's getting everybody's bombed, downloading it, yeah. Oh, you're Bogged. you're wrecked, right? Yeah. So I still yeah. buy mostly physical copies for for my console experience. For the PC, though, it's just it's just yep. online shit. Uh, and and it's the same with movies. And and as much as I would love to to say that I'd be the guy that I would love to keep buying stuff and and keeping physical media for forever and ever and always, amen. I'd it's hard I'd to do. Really, it's hard to do. And and the moment. You know, the moment I'm sure that the, uh, the, you know, people have access to affordable, incredibly high bandwidth internet speeds, which will happen at some point in the future, even in America, believe it or not, Comcast or not, will eventually somebody will have that to some degree. Um, until then, and when streaming games won't mean that it looks and plays like ass. Yeah. People are going to largely still rely on uh downloading games and and playing them locally and treating it like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's 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 well, my cool. thing. Buy it if I like cool. it. If not, fuck it. The DBZ collector's edition for the first Xenoverse, they didn't yeah. have that collector's edition in the States. I physically got a friend of mine who lives in the Netherlands to order yeah. The European edition, which had the statue, and then ship it to me in the U.S. Yeah, <laughs> to get that physical edition. That's redonk. Yeah, but yeah, it was exactly. worth. All right. Well, yeah, you, and you want to hunt retro, down stuff retro like corner, that. Retro corner, boys. Retro corner. Retro. I need a little theme retro song. Retro corner. There you go. Retro corner theme song locked in. Movies, gents. Those things have yep. been happening. Uh, I, I, don't, I know Jeff hasn't been going to many of them because he's been away for a while, but I'm sure there are other uh, hot topics to be covered. I know one of which was that apparently Aladdin is impossible to find. He's like the Where's Waldo of the brown world. Can't seem to find somebody that can sing and dance and act and looks like Aladdin. So Aladdin's in some so trouble. Disney pretty much came out and said... Hey guys, our casting's having a lot of trouble finding an actor that can act and sing and dance at the same time. And why don't apparently they get that dude a, from Slumdog Millionaire? A lot of people took issue with that statement from Disney, um, where pretty much I feel like all of India in like one collective voice kind of gasped and was like, "What the hell are you guys talking about? We've gotten in." <laughs> entire industry called bollywood which is literally mastered and perfected the art of the musical with singing dancing (laughs) and acting and then all of a sudden like the whole social justice group came out and disney probably actually meant they couldn't find a white person who's similarly enough for that it's what they do then they they whitewash all they whitewash all that stuff they just can't find a a attractive enough um, that'll not make you feel, in their eyes, uncomfortable, a relatable yeah. uh, Hollywood-like dude that can bring in box office numbers, sing and dance, and all that fun stuff. Fuck getting real singing talent. Let's let's try and find the fucking Zac Efron of Indian dudes. They've cast. They've cast Will Smith as the genie. 
They have like three yeah. actors, actresses that they know think are going to be good Jasmines, but they're no. like trying to figure out stop. who they're going to like. Hold. They need their stop. Stop. stop, stop, stop. Back stop. up that oh, fucking fun bus for two seconds here. Put that shit in reverse and park it on a hill. Did you just say in neutral? Did you just say no? I need park plus fucking e brake on this shit. Did you just say that they cast Will Smith? Yep. As the genie. Yep. Yeah. He was gonna he was gonna do Dumbo and mm-hmm. uh they that that ended up falling through, so they put him on for Aladdin. He's gonna be t- he's gonna be taking the Robin Williams. You know what, dude? I don't know what not, the fuck not, is going on with with people wanting to fuck up Robin Williams movies because Jumanji's Jumanji, coming out and that looks Aladdin. like a pile of ass. Yeah. And now you're gonna come out with Aladdin. And you're going to give it to Will Smith of all people. I love Will Smith, but He's the guy has been the guy the he guy's no been genie. striking out lately, and he sure as fuck ain't no genie. So no, uh, no, no. That's no. All I wanted I can to say. like I wanted to no. run by it really quickly and hope you guys wouldn't lock in on that one. What it do? Okay. Oh my goodness! Like you know, Will Smith got announced. You know he's doing Bad Boys. He's got he's got two more Bad Boys movies coming out. That's great. You know, that's Two awesome. More, just like give us a boys. third one. Let's see if it not sucks. You know, well, yeah, that, that's that's great. It's been All what right, ten Martin years? Lawrence, Will Smith. You know, but Aladdin. Nah, I'm good. So anyway, let's just I die I digress. The fucking and, uh, Spider-Man. Let's talk Spider-Man here. Okay. Homecoming. Is Will Smith time. in this one too? Does Will Smith no. play Mary Jane Martin? <laughs> yes. <No. laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> he also plays the villain. Uh, Oh fuck! Oh good. It wasn't okay. too bad. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, I feel like I, I feel like it's very similar to Baby Driver. What happened? Everyone kind of overhyped this movie, and it kind of actually took away from it for me. Um, I did enjoy it though. It was a perfectly serviceable Marvel movie, a very good Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they kind of overdid it in some aspects. I, I'm going to ask I, you I, this one, Jeff. <clears throat> but yep. do you feel like they overused Downey Jr.? No, I don't think so. I I I actually like what they did with Downey. It was there was enough star power in there to 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 get the movie going. Um, obviously, they advertised Tony Stark quite a bit in just about every trailer there was, but he wasn't in the movie that much. I mean, he appeared a few times. He had I like obviously I'm not going to spoil anything. Unlike I don't know how you can spoil anything in Spider Man. Now we've seen the same shit over and over and over again, but. I like what he did um, for the character, kind of helped him become Spider-Man instead of Spider-Boy. Um, you know, he was kind of like the 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 guy that did the the discipline, the dis- the disciplinary dude. Um, that he's the kinda, Alfred to exactly, to, yeah. And I and I kind of like that. And he didn't he didn't ham it up too much. He didn't overdo. You know, Tony Stark. Uh, we got to see him as Iron Man for a little bit, but. It was basically Tony Stark doing Tony Stark, and it, it that's good. Um, I thought Holland did a great job as Spider Man. I think he's a great Spider Man, funny, witty, um, just is even Wanna better. Know Peter who Parker took I it like away from Peter me. Parker a lot. Michael Keaton's performance took it away from me. I feel like he did a good job with it. Oh, I I think Michael Keaton stole the show. I think yeah, uh, he was the he was the, he like redeemed the whole thing for me. And 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 Michael Keaton. What I liked about his character is 
there was depth to him. There was a reason why he was doing these things. You almost cared for him. It's 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 one of these villains where I was like I was kind of on his side to a point where I, I I was feeling for him. I knew why he was doing I these things. I understand you. I understood him, and you know, and I like the whole vulture thing where he he was he he would try and scavenge parts, and it was like his whole character, everything that he did worked nicely. It was just well thought out, and that's one thing that Marvel has been kind of shit at, is their villains. It's like everything else, their heroes are great, the stories are fun, great action, but their villains have always been kind of lackluster. And I think Michael Keaton may have been the best villain Marvel has had in this whole cinematic universe to date. Just because of the the quality of actor and the material that he had to work with, uh, I thought it was great. I I loved him. Yeah, um, I think he was... um, I have hated most of the Marvel villains in all of the movies, other than Stain from Iron Man One, who played by Jeff Bridges. He was like, he was actually my favorite villain. And now Michael Keaton's coming up. I'm like, I might have them head to head even mm-hmm. in terms of Marvel Universe villains. It's like, yeah, Ultron, whatever. Like, I, I actually like their human villains mm-hmm. better than the ones that are like over the top Universal threats. I feel like they're developed better, and they're they're you know you want they're it's easy to grounded. understand. It's more grounded. It's more intimate. Yeah, you more, understand. It's not like yeah. I'm gonna fucking blow up the planet, boys. <laughs> kind of like a human interest piece type of thing. Like I'm just like yeah, yeah. And Vulture tops like you know was really good there. Stain or Warmonger was really good too. Um, Marvel needs more villains like that. I know that's yep. kind of not in the cards with how they're doing things, but yep. I like those villains. Those movies tend to turn out better. Yep. Uh, but I mean, if I if I had to rate the movie at a ten, I would give it like an eight. Um, it, it felt slow at some points, um, and there were some. I, I found there wasn't enough action to be honest with you. I, I it was a lot of teen angsty shit, and I'm okay yeah. with that because he did a good job with it. But at the end of the day, I, I, after the they movie, I found myself going. I know, but I found myself wanting more Spider Man, and I got to realize that. It's the first movie in a franchise. We're going to see this character more. We're going to see him in Avengers movies. We're going to see him in the in his own Spider-Man movies. So this was an or not an origin story, but it was an origin for Holland as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. So I love what they did with the suit. I loved um, the the arc there. I'm happy we didn't have to go through the whole Uncle Ben thing and all this other oh, shit yeah. that we've seen a million times over. Um, you know, I, I liked uh, Aunt May. I, I thought it was just... I thought it was just good, man. It's I thought it was the As best Spider-Man all since Marvel movies. Tobey Maguire's um, original Spider-Man. Yeah. The end after the end credits was probably one of the best payoffs I've had that in was a Spider-Man great. movie yeah. or in yeah, just a Marvel good. movie. Yep, that was good. So it was it was decent overall. Uh would I say run out to go and see it in theater? Eh. If you're a big Spider-Man fan, absolutely. If you're a huge Marvel Universal a universe type guy or gal, sure. But uh, if I were to talk to Adam, somebody that casually goes to movie theaters, it's definitely a watch at home, enjoy it on Blu-ray with your nice surround sound on a big screen, you know, and eat some chips or pizza and just have a good time. That That's that's where I'm at for it. But it was good. I enjoyed it. Was I blown away? Yeah. I enjoyed it just as much as I enjoyed Ant-Man. It's it's It was kind of like the same. <laughs> uh, I th- actually, oh I think I enjoyed I think I enjoyed Spider-Man a bit more. Ant-Man than Ant-Man, was good, man. Ant-Man but, was fun. Ant-Man was yeah, fun I, to watch. I kind of left Ant-Man going, eh, 
okay, we'll see what the next one's like. That's kind of like what I was with Spider-Man. But everybody hyped Spider-Man up, dude. It was like 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. People were like, you know, Tom Holland's the the greatest thing since Tobey Maguire. And I was like, okay, all right. All right, it is what it is. That's... That's, I, I feel like I feel like if Ant Man is the benchmark, then I I I I might have had the slightest interest in watching that movie, and now yeah, I just I maybe, do not okay, care. Okay, maybe I should maybe I shouldn't have said Ant Man. Um, <laughs> I, I would say I would say Iron it's Man more too. on the level. I would say it's more. It's not quite like Deadpool for me. I just enjoy Deadpool way too much. But I would say it's on the level of oh man. It, I would say it's on the oh I don't know man. It's not as good as Civil War. It's not as good as the first Avengers. Maybe the second Winter Avengers. Winter Soldier. No, Winter Soldier's too good. Um, yeah, man. Now that I'm thinking about it, I mean the Spider-Man. Mo- it's better than any of the better other than Spider-Man the Thor movies. Except- <laughs> oh, okay. The there movies. you go. There. Let's let's go with the okay. Thors. Okay, that's easy. Right, okay, <laughs> it's better than the Thor movies. It's better okay. than Ant Man, but it's not at the level of uh, you know, you know, uh, Winter Soldier. Speaking and stuff. I mean, of that, um. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. That means you saw the Black Panther trailer during the during the windup. What yeah. did you think of that? It was very you stylistic what, compared to the ones we usually get. It is, and the first thing that I had, and I said it right out loud to Wayne, who was with me when I watched Spider Man. Um, people might hate me for saying this, and I'm I'm sorry, uh, but I feel like it feels very TV. I feel like it feels like a Netflix show. It does not feel cinematic. Oh. In any way, shape, or form. You thought he was going to say something else. (laughs) I think think it looks great. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of great actors in it. There's a Um, lot of, like, it looked like there was a lot of content and a lot of stuff that probably would have been better served by a TV series. uh, It's just the way it's filmed, the cinematography, um, the set pieces, it looks kind of low budget. Uh, Inhuman looked more produced than Black Panther. Yeah, well, huh? they showed a trailer uh, yeah. for the TV show. Yeah, Inhumans, it, Marvel and you know what? Inhumans at the same time. Inhumans was packaged more like a movie, but when but when it was actually see seen scenes of it, I was like, oh, that we're on a set that looks very TV." You um, see the B and C list actors, and like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but they packaged we'll it like see. a movie. I, I, I'm interested in Black Panther, but it does feel very Netflixy right now. Till I see I saw, something a little bit I, more I cinematic. Saw, I saw the poster for Inhumans, and I was Netflix, like, by the way. and I was like, nah, that's shit. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have to see anything but that poster. That was that oh that poster God. kind of looked like the most awkward class photo I'd ever seen in my entire life. Everybody looked like they they you know either didn't want to be there or they weren't sure what to do with their hands. Like it was just so weird, yeah. and it yeah. and it looks so cheap and like poorly yeah. produced just odd yeah exactly <laughs> what do i do yeah. with my hands i don't know where to put them mm. it's just cool, absolutely yeah harder. it looked yeah it looks <laughs> it looks it looks so bad i mean i don't know maybe it turns out to be pretty good but that poster did nothing for me i that just if i had any interest at all that poster friggin popped the balloon <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> real quick it was uh, it was gone. I wanted to bring this back to Aladdin for just one, just just for this uh, question. Okay. Because I can't get over the fact that they have fucking Will Ferrell or no, Will Ferrell, Will, Will Smith. Smith. 
Will Ferrell might even be a better choice, but Will, Will Smith <laughs> as the genie for this movie, um, if I don't know tonally what they're going for with this Aladdin, like are they are they doing like live action you. recreation oh, yeah. of yeah. of the Disney, it's, like, are uh, they going full it's, Disney? It's, it's like Beauty and the Beast. They're doing all yeah. the movies again now. Okay. Yeah. In live action. Live action. Then, sure, sure. So then, obviously, um, if they're going for that, then if tonally it's very similar, my first guess was maybe they're going for a slightly different take on Aladdin. Like, they're not going to try and, like, pay, you know, package it the exact same way they did the with the, the animation. But if that's the Beauty case, the regardless, pretty uh, much carbon copy, just live action. Yeah, Will uh, Will Smith is is a, an atrocious pick for that. Is there anyone? I mean, I think we have to ignore the fact that Robin Williams is quite possibly the only person that could ever play the genie for the rest of of known time in in the context of it being the Disney version of Aladdin. So we have to ignore the fact that they're filling Rob Williams' shoes. Even ignoring that, I don't think Will Smith makes a hell of a lot of sense. Is there anyone you guys can think of that you would that you would put in that role? Uh, I've got no one in my head. Not no. like, and again, they, the problem is anyone you put is going to be compared against Robin Williams. And I don't have anyone who can put that caliber or even, like, if you were to scale everything from 1 to 10 with Robin Williams being a 10... Anyone who I think who I can think of would come in at like a five. I don't have anyone that can match it or even come close. Yeah, I yeah. I just can't. It's just one of those things I I can't. He was like, the outlier. Yeah, I mean, there's just roles that are so iconic that you just don't yeah. redo them. And, and that's why and I feel like they probably should have shifted this away from the like the, the original done, because, like Cinderella or something you know or I think I think Aladdin. if I had to pick somebody if I had to pick somebody I would probably say like Eddie Murphy um yeah you know if I had to pick somebody that was kind yeah. of or a Chris Tucker, you know like that, you know, no. that copy yeah I, I couldn't his voice I, I couldn't uh, the voice that wouldn't do it for you Eddie Murphy yeah. I think Eddie Murphy would do a good job um and that's really the only person that I could that I feel like wouldn't overpower it where you're just like I'm listening to Eddie Murphy um they need to take genie a completely different direction than Robin Williams maybe maybe, maybe even like Austin Powers you know you got, you got uh, Mike, Mike Myers. Myers Mike Myers got, I think maybe he would do a good job I think he but. plays the good what was the bird's name uh fucking oh, I um I forget whatever. his name the for the for the and bad it, dude right yeah yeah Any, anyway I think you got yeah yeah probably yeah um the rock the, as the genie no stop the rock is the genie <laughs> you know it's coming i mean i can you know, he's you know the what size. i would okay, i can you know what? It. i would I, can. I would rather have had the rock do the genie role Smith. than yeah. jumanji like if if i could if i could ask jumanji and then just say that the rock hasn't already replaced rob williams somewhere else then I rather him sure than Will Smith. No fucking two ways around. I just don't it. think The Rock has the range for it. Um, he definitely has the musical talent. He definitely has the size and the look. I mean, if you painted The Rock blue uh, and gave him a fucking beard <laughs> yeah. and mustache, to be, I mean, to be, I guess to be fair, to be fair though, to um, 
to, I mean, in that case, in terms of not having the range, to be fair to The Rock, when they cast Rob Williams, they didn't think he'd be able to pull it off either with the singing and everything else because he wasn't a singer. And then Rob Williams just fucking I mean, The Rock definitely has musical chops, man. He he can sing. Um, You know, the more I think about it, I think The Rock actually is a good... I think The Rock is a good choice, but I just... I'm tired of seeing The Rock and everything... And so I'm just saying no to it because it's The Rock. But you're right. What about I'd Neil rather Patrick see him play Harris? Aladdin, or uh, sorry, the genie in Aladdin, than whatever fucking character he's playing in in Jumanji. Thing is, Do with Jumanji, know if... he's he's not redoing. It, it's he's it's not a redoing sequel. a role. It's this a is new, after. Yeah, it's not like he's taking Robin Williams' character or anything. It's just the they're they're borrowing the name essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just it's, it's in a similar vein. They're related, one way or another. You know, people are yeah. going to think Rob Williams, right? Do we know if the genie is going to also be live actor, or are they going to just CG the genie no, in? I feel like CG well, they, has they to CG, happen. They CG like the capture. beast. They CG yeah, the yeah. beast for the yeah. so then so, so then capture. You guys can both shoot me for this. I'm going. I'm going darkest of the dark horse on this one. Like we're talking. Nobody would ever pick this, so brace yourselves for it. Strap yourselves in, John Goodman. No, stop no. the madness. <laughs> I'd rather have Neil Patrick Harris and John Goodman. No, John Goodman. I can't even. I think him. he's I just think... too serious. I mean, if it went dark, if you were like a darker Aladdin, like on the on the streets of India, and it's like fucking Aladdin's getting beat up, and he's got to find Jasmine. Uh, dude, fucking... John Goodman. John Goodman's got a. He's light... talented as he's fuck. Funny bro. As, he's funny as fuck, dude. That dude yeah, is. No, is, not He's as got the, humor. He's just been doing genie. all serious shit. Yeah, not as. The I think genie. he's got it. I no. think he's got it. Give me John no, Goodman. I think, uh, I'd still take John I, Goodman I, over Will Smith, though. I, I actually think Eddie Murphy is probably the best. The, I, the, I, the I best agree with Eddie. Of the best. I think Eddie Murphy Eddie would be the guy Eddie I would like. I'd be excited to see him do it. Yeah. And he would treat it with respect. Um, it comes from comedy. He's got a singing voice. He's the. He is literally, I think, the number one guy for it. But Here's no, a random I don't one. see John Goodman. Wayne I like John Brady. Goodman, though. Like John Goodman. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jim Jim Carrey. It's it's not Jim no, Carrey's had his Wayne time. Brady. Wayne Brady. Ooh, Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady would be a good one. That would he be can a good sing, one too. He can dance. He's he got puts like a, on a lot the, of voices, act, though, right? Can he? Can he actually? He's go got. And he, deliver. he can do the voices. He's a comedian. Like you've yeah. seen him on Who's Line. He, I think he can pull off a genie. Yeah. He's all one-liners. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, like I mean, Wayne yeah, he's a, he's a comedian. He's improv. Robin, will, Robin yeah. was improv. He transitioned. I think if you can do improv, you can fucking do voiceover for the genie. I like Wayne Brady. I think that's I my... I like Wayne Brady, too. That's, I think it. that's my new number that's a one. Good po- uh, yeah, I think that's and a I good I put choice. Wayne Brady yeah. coming in as like maybe a six or a seven on that scale. And, and you know earlier. what's nice about Wayne Brady, too, is he doesn't have that much star power. He's like a fucking C-list celebrity. So yeah. Yeah. you know, you, you when you hear it, you wouldn't hear Wayne Brady. You you would exactly. Would, you know, it would be a hint of Wayne Brady, but you wouldn't be thinking the whole time, "Oh my God, it's you know, it's it's Wayne Eddie Brady. Murphy or but somebody." Although for, I still I still but, think Eddie Murphy. But for would the be okay. genie, that's kind of what you would want. You don't want to overshadow Robin because everyone's going to think uh, the media comparison is going to be Robin Williams, the genie. Mm-hmm. But if you get yeah. someone who you know can do the interaction and stuff, is not necessarily trying to overshadow Robin Williams' performance. You know that is like a B C list actor 
who isn't yeah. huge, who's not going to be trying to make this like some huge specific blockbuster specific, just for their name. Yeah. You know, that, that no, I yeah. feel like would do more honor to the name. Well, kinda, maybe. we'll end it right there. Wayne Brady. I yeah. think that's, I think that's <laughs> I the think show. So. But it's not actually. It's Will Wayne Smith. Brady. Not so. it's Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, it's Will Smith. Will and Smith. we all have to go home and, 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 and yeah. you know, right. sleep. Uh, knowing that Will Smith is going to be the genie in Aladdin, and that's There's just a sad. parallel universe so, where Wayne Brady got it. That's just true. Live with that solace. There's also a parallel universe where John Goodman got it, motherfucker. Uh, no, there's no, there's ah, not no. even a universe. No, that universe was <laughs> destroyed <laughs> a long time ago. Are you telling me in the in in an infinite universe, John Goodman still doesn't manage to get a role? I would love to see John Goodman in a in a Marvel movie as like a fucking villain or something. Uh, oh but no, my goodness! Not 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 as the Aladdin or the genie. <laughs> well, ladies the and gentlemen, Aladdin we're gonna gentleman. wrap it. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up there. We've got to uh, we've got to transition into our tech support segment. But for those of you uh, watching on YouTube and listening on the RSS feed, uh, this uh, marks the end for uh, for this segment for you guys, and you'll be able to uh, pick up the next uh, somewhere around Wednesday. Uh, of whenever you know you're listening to this, unless you're just you know listening to this way later, in which case you can already move on, and it's okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we're gonna uh, we're gonna toss it over from uh, there. We're gonna wish the the folks at home listening that have to wait uh, a thank you very much for for tuning in to this episode of Technical Alpha, and we hope to see you uh, show up again for tech support midweek. For those of you here on Twitch, sit tight. We will uh, we will be continuing shortly after this little sellout break. But uh, yeah, until uh, until we see ya. Peace.